Game shows are political, and this is one of them. Welcome to Game Shows, I suppose. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Niche Podcast, but the one thing that I know something about, game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. We have a fantastic episode today, as we're going to be talking about Kid Nation with Brienne. But before we enter Bonanza City, we got to get through the news. And now it's time for the news segment. Luckily, there's some news, and luckily, it's all stuff that piques my interest. So first of all, ITV one of the networks that brings us all the high-quality game shows from Britain, uh, is bringing back The Cube. Many of the longtime listeners will know we talked about The Cube very early on into the into the shows, game shows, I suppose, before we even had guests. The Cube is one of my favorite game shows of all time, and I'm glad to see it return. The premise is basically one contestant can win up to a quarter million dollars by being seven games inside a cube. Uh, these games will be basically texting their their perception of of everything whether it's skill mind body and focus uh if they fail a challenge they lose a life if they lose all nine of their lives they leave with nothing if they complete the challenge they win the money but then they must see the next challenge and they gotta decide if they want to play it or walk away with their cash uh to make that premise even more cool they have really cool uh graphics packages and visual effects and cameras that make it look like the contestant is basically in the matrix which makes it even cooler according to deadline the producers of the use state of the art filming techniques show the anxiety of the contestants who are playing for a chance to win up to a quarter of a million dollars or sorry pounds deadline understands that the commercial broadcaster is now set to significantly increase the potential prize money in the reboot uh, so it could possibly be a million pounds, maybe. Personally, I, as much as I like to sometimes increase budgets on game shows, I don't always think that throwing more money on a game show makes it any better. But, hey, if they want to throw in half a million or a million as a top prize, let them. Uh, as long as they keep the visual effects and the smart games, then it, it's still a fun show to watch. Um... When I last did game shows, I suppose, and talked about if I could do Americanized version of the cube, I made the prize tree five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand game three, fifty thousand in game four. Then you go into the final three, where game five is a hundred thousand, game six is worth two hundred thousand, and then the jackpot game, final game, is worth five hundred thousand uh, dollars. But I remember when we talked about it, we talked about the American Pilot a bit. And how, because of American sensibilities of go big or go home, and maybe that's the casting of those contestants, they didn't really want to walk away with the money. So I, I think as much as I like to see an Amer- Americanized version of the format, the British one needs to be a bit more sensible. And I think throwing big money could also be a cru- could be like a crux on the show, where people might walk out after game three or game four. Uh, if it's if it's a little too late, uh, even if they have like five or six lives left, 
So they need to really be cautionary about this. As much as I love the cube, and believe me, I recommend you watch the cube because it's great. It's games played inside the head and games played inside the cube. Uh, I I think that it's going to be if if it works this time around. Mark my words. If it works this time around, the cube with the bigger budget, this will be shown in the states. Uh, speaking of British game shows, The Circle, which I have said is the best game show of 2010s. This is the 2020s. The Circle debuted in America now. Uh, everyone was talking about that in January. Remember before COVID? Uh, message, emoji, emoji, and send. Well, uh, it's it's returning for season three and a celebrity edition as well. But they're tweaking their format slightly because of COVID, which actually works. It still is not going to really mess up the show that much. Um City Lambert and Motion Content Group will return to Channel 4 in early 2021, opening with a week-long celebrity edition before everyday contestants entered the reality show in which they catfished their way to a cash prize. This follows uh, Netflix renewing the circle for Season 2 and Season 3 in the United States. Production will begin in Salford, Greater Manchester, later this year, and they will all be pre-recorded as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, meaning there will be no studio audience or live shows. Emma and Sophie Willen will apprise their roles as hosts and voiceover. Even though the circle does not attract huge numbers on television, Channel 4 has long trumpeted success with young viewers. Season 2 was the highest rated 10 p.m. show among 16 to 34 since 2010, and was the monks among streaming on all four's top 10 shows of the year. It is the important source of work for TV freelancers in the north of England. Executive producer Tim Halker said, Since the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic, people around the world have been learning the power of connecting remotely. Perhaps in the light of this, the new series will resonate even more for audiences, as well as offer them the distraction of fun, warmth, and strategy. Circle Series 3 and Celebrity Circle for Staying Up to Cancer, working title, were commissioned for Channel 4 by Gilly Grinsdale. I love the circle. I can't wait to see more. Obviously, it'll work. So I, I, I gotta see. I mean, that's what they're kind of doing with Big Brother. So I might be that way for America too. I mean, Australian Big Brother—they just recorded the shows now. There's no like live uh, feed. So maybe that's where they're going for. Uh, speaking of Netflix and the Circle, uh, a game show is coming up this Friday. Uh, it went under our noses, probably for good reason. It's called The Floor Is Lava, and it's hosted by Rutledge Wood. In it. Pairs of four go through outrageous worlds created in simulation of a house. But one condition, the floor is lava or a goopy goopy orange goop. To win up to $10,000, contestants have to maneuver around the course to make it to the other side to meet with Rutledge and get the cash. But be careful if they fail, they go into the lava. It's out this Friday. So I guess I have content next week. Great. Next, uh, A&E Networks orders woodwork competition format The Chop, Britain's top woodworker. Uh, Nine-part competition series for Sky History, which carpenters compete to be crowned Britain's top woodworker. In a great British Bake Off style format, 10 contestants will gather in Epping Forest to aim to whittle, carve, and shop their way to success with their creations furnishing a lavish cabin in the woods. Uh, series premieres in October. It's going to be in A&E Networks UK. No word if it's coming to America. But if you want a British format coming to America and just be the British show, CW will have your back as four alternative series for summer lineup finalizes premiere dates. One is a reality show called Being Reuben. It's a reality show. 
about Ruben the Maid, talented teen juggling social media stardom with real-life squabbling siblings who became internet sensation after shooting to fame following an appearance on Little Big Shots. The Welsh teenager is a singer, influencer, and makeup expert. Yeah, so let's just move on. Uh, next, Fridge Wars. Top chefs compete to make an amazing feast using leftovers and ingredients found inside your fridge in the culinary competition series. In each episode, two top chefs are pitted against each other with a challenge to create extraordinary meals using only ingredients taken from the fridges of ordinary families. Hosted by comedian Emma Hunter, Fridge Wars is co-produced by the Gurn Company and the CBC. So it's probably a Canadian show. One is Welsh, one's Canadian. Let's keep going, shall we? Taskmaster. Well, actually, let's go to Killer Camp first. Killer Camp. 11 British teenagers are shocked to discover they're not going to be a funny reality show called Summer Camp, but actually overtop murder mystery series called Killer Camp. Camp counselor Bobby will be a first. We talked about this in October of last year. It's great, because I remember a Goodbye Stranger being played in one of the kill-offs. Except the minor problem with the broom murders in typical reality show faction, there will be a camaraderie, sex appeal, lots of backstabbing, only this time literally. As the campers play games during cash during the day, each night one of them will meet their untimely demise in ever more extreme, hilarious, and inventive ways. It's funny, because you're going to see a guy get stabbed in the face with a dick. And then Americans are going to be like, whoa, I saw a guy get stabbed in the eye with a dick. Well, I couldn't believe that. Whoa. Um... And then, of course, Taskmaster. Now, I love Taskmaster. We talked about Taskmaster before. Taskmaster is the British version. We're not doing the Comedy Central version. We're not rebooting Taskmaster with American celebrities. This is simply put the UK episodes being brought to America in hour-long formats. Taskmaster is an international Emmy and triple BAFTA-nominated comedy game show starring comedian actor Greg Davies in the title role of the all-powerful Taskmaster, who issues simple, comedic, and bizarre tasks to five regular contestants, usually comedians, with Alex Horn, the show creator, acting as the Taskmaster's assistant. The tasks, usually perform in isolation, but occasionally in teams, are designed to encourage the players to think laterally and creatively. Uh, Taskmaster is from Avalon, from Breeders, Everything's Gonna Be Okay, Last Week Tonight with John Alfred Catastrophe, with executive producers, Alex Horn, Richard Allen Taylor, Rob Aslett, James Taylor, John Thrully, and Andy Devonshire, who also serves as series director with Hilary Rosen for UK TV. The show is coming soon to Channel 4, uh, and because of COVID, they're kind of stuck at home right now, but there's lots of fun along the way. I'm glad that Taskmaster is coming to America in some regard, even if it's the British format being like repurposed. And I'm glad that it's coming to the CW. And I know CW will pick these up because it's very cheap to just reproduce a British show and put it to America. But besides that, usually what CW does is once you air all the British episodes, think Penn and Teller, you will eventually commission an American format like Penn and Teller. So for me... Seeing those four shows, at least three of those have potential for being picked up by the CW for a summer splash. So you might see American comedians on Taskmaster. You might see American chefs on Fridge Wars. I thought it was called Fridge Fight. Why is it called Fridge Wars, not Fridge Fight? There's alliteration in that name. And Killer Camp uh, is a very funny British game show. Try it out with Americans. We've already seen 13 Fears Real, but what if it was Americans? and funny we want to be funny anyway that's going to do it for us in the news segment now it's time to start today's episode
sorry, I don't normally do this, but I got to just take a deep breath here. Because <sighs> this is a shit game show. One of the worst game shows of all time, Kid Nation. Oftentimes, it's always met with controversy when anyone ever brings up Kid Nation. And rightfully so. It's obviously exploitative of children. And that's going to be a major point in this episode with Brienne. But it seems like it's always one of those, hey, remember this kind of things when it comes to reality television. Uh, I remember reading an article in Variety in 2017 where they talked with the boss, the creator of the show, about the reality show. Because it essentially was based on Lord of the Flies, where what if there was no human parent? What would you do? Uh, so, uh, there was 40 days spent in Bonanza City. Four of them drank bleach. One burnt their face on hot grease, and there was no lawsuits. Oh, though there was, it was burst aside, and they were all posted on the smoking gun back at the time. There was recap videos. There was one I read in Flavor Wire, and this is the, one of the last uh, sentences I want to read. It isn't to say the kids didn't have a good time. Only three of them left before the 40 days were up. It was always clear the kids could choose to leave at any time. And after filming, a few stayed, they would do the show again. Yet, it's still kind of unbelievable that we let it exist. I'm part of the problem. Even while revisiting it, I still found plenty of entertaining moments. I wouldn't say it's explicitly harmful, but there's definitely something cruel and warped about it. I mean, in one episode, they forced the children to choose between ponies or letters from their parents, and ultimately it proved to be pointless. There was no definitive conclusion to the experiment because much of the program was so contrived they couldn't prove anything. At the end of the day, the only thing about Kid Nation that really stuck is the image of an eight-year-old boy in the pilot sobbing and saying, I think I'm too young to be doing this. You found this entertaining. That's the part. It's like, the kid was sobbing. I found it entertaining. What the fuck? This is what people expect from the show, and I think that's why it always gets traction, because haha, kids are, are, are warped. And there was a Variety article uh, in 2017 with the boss, the kid, they, where the parents had to sign a 22-page liability waiver, and it, it ended up with bigger than the press releases for the show. It debuted September 19th. In early December, kids were assigned to districts and given job and all these little challenges. There was liability waivers after I looked into it, and it was basically one of the strangest shows. The creator, Foreman, uh, in the Variety article, talked about basically like, well, they're honest. They were multifaceted and candidly, so much of them hit the cupboard floor because we had so much. But also given the nature of reality television, we had the service of the whole game construct. It's, it's one of the most horrendous, horrendous game shows of all time. At no point do I really feel like I actually enjoy what I saw. The only thing that I think we enjoy is what we find out about the contestants who entered Bonanza City and where they are now. So join me, will you, as we get Brienne on to talk about Kid Nation. Let's turn the tables. With me on the line, friend of the show... We love Brienne and Matt. Here's Brienne. Hi. Thank you for having me. We recently had uh, Matt on. Uh, I think he got hopped up, uh, drinking a lot, and then talked about Iron <laughs> Chef, and then never. That sounds about right. And that's like a good show. And then we ended up in misery and hell that is the show. What happened? Hell yeah. That's what I'm here for. Bring me in for the trash. I, you know your girl loves it. You, I rem okay, so the backstory of this is you and Matt were hanging on Twitch, I think, and mm -hmm. it was basically just like, hey, uh, did, 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 are you going to do Kid Nation? 
<laughs> and I had to do that hiccup like, well, I don't know. Is is it a game show? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first two episodes on Twitch uh-huh. suffer <laughs> miserably <laughs> and came to the conclusion, yes, it is a game show. Yes. <laughs> I think Matt threw you under the bus and went, cool. Brian wants to talk about that show. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to. It's This is my area of expertise. I mean, I, let, I don't know if everyone knows, but I'm in. I'm a professional childcare worker. So, you know, <laughs> this, it's, is this is up my alley. This is a perfect show for you. It a sh- is. A show that is a hostile work environment for children. <laughs> Exactly, which my work environment is not, by the way. Oh, you <laughs> don't send your kid, You don't send any. So when your when the parents bring the kids over, you don't like send them to the Wild Wild West, and you have them. Like... I do make them compete for snacks and opportunities, but that's a personal choice. Do you that, have to do joke. a big game show host spiel as you do it? Do you go like, yeah. "Hello, kids! As you <laughs> yes. know, it is noon, which means it's time for juice." But we only have five Capri Suns left, and that only goes to the five of you that can win a game of musical chairs. That's exactly what it's like. That's what all child centers are like, actually. It's like, hello, children. As you know, it's almost nap time. There are ten of you, but there are only nine beds. One of you is going to be sleeping outside. We only have enough goldfish crackers for half of you, unless you decide to split with the group. (laughs) Children, you know, really do best under pressure when they have to prove their worth. And you can take that information to the bank. So the show is Kid Nation. (laughs) Uh, I don't know where to begin with this horrible, horrible show. I will start with saying... I will almost, I mean, I've seen the briefcase with Brian Quimby from Street Fight. I have a soft spot for really bad game shows because sometimes you can look for the positive. (laughs) This show does not have any of it. I might actually have to say this is the worst game show I've ever seen. There's a lot to unpack with this one. Like starting with like human rights violations and then just snowballing from there. Uh, Human rights violations. So... The premise is you put 40 kids, and this is like the ages of 8 to, I think, like 8 to 18, not 18, like 16, 14, I think the oldest is 15, I'm pretty sure, 15 or 16. So they're trying to go the youngest was 7. So they're trying to go from everything from third graders to like right before uh, high school age. And Mm -hmm. it is, the premise is, can kids build a better society than humans? In this world of Bonanza City, <laughs> this Wild West saloon from Bonanza City, New Mexico, that's a ghost town, literally, these kids will have to rebuild the town. I love that you said, can they build it better than humans? <laughs> As if children aren't humans. These robotic kids. <laughs> made from Tommy. Can they build better? These, these test tube children who were made in a lab and dropped in a desert. And they had to rebuild. Now, originally, it's like, okay, like, consider, like, the the world we live in now in the world of hostile uh, reality television, like Naked and Afraid, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that, that, oh, it's so extreme. They're just left with nothing, and they're naked. Can they fend for themselves? Like, okay, that's, like, a cool extreme idea for it. 
but that's with adults and yeah there's actually like safety people on standby (laughs) that's exactly it that's really kind of what this the the like the bread and potatoes of what separates this show from another game show or another extreme reality show is that adults who participate in an extreme reality show with risks are consenting adults who are capable of signing the waivers themselves and they have fully developed brains and they can comprehend and understand the risks. Children cannot. <laughs> they didn't sign the waiver forms. Their parents did. Their parents they- did. And yeah, my kid's smart enough. This is a cool documentary. This will be fun. You know, it's kind of, you know, I kind of want to see my kid just grow up at this. You know, it's a nice documentary. I just need to capture this moment for good time. What a valuable experience. It'll be like summer camp. That's pretty much what I think they all signed up for thinking. It's like, it's like summer mm-hmm. camp. Oh, mm-hmm. my my son, uh, Chaston, his, his best friend, Corey, uh, he was on Bug Juice. So, you know, it's just going to be like Bug Juice. Absolutely. I'm sure all of these parents had fully altruistic ideas about what would happen. They had no ulterior motives. They certainly There's didn't a catch know prize. about <laughs> That's exactly what it was. All of these kids are probably like third or fourth kids in the family. Like they're like, eh, this one's our spare. So well, let's just know, send them to the desert. The you know, bits him. at least you know he'll be tough now. Yeah, this is my le- this is my least favorite child. So good luck, enjoy. Now there have been accidents in the show. I think we'll get to that in just a bit. But sure, I will point out the premise. I think the original idea was kids have no rules, no adults. It's just them at the ghost town for forty days to build their own society. Right, and I think that was the and I will probably go as far as say i think that was like the original pitch like you know like you know it's a social studies experiment you know like let's learn about how government works let's learn about what's better this or that Mm -hmm. and then i'm sure someone decided you know what we really screw over kids is if we suddenly turn this into a game show format yes because absolutely no point to they like at the first and last episodes they get to be on their own it's it's anarchy everything goes except yep. for four people who are the community they are the uh they represent the 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 communal they are the four people that were smart and nice and we all represent all parts of the town and there's four districts a red a blue a yellow and a green i have to say right out of the gate the council is one of the most fucked up parts of the show, in my opinion, because it's not even like the council is established through the show. Like it's like the, the council is flown in on a helicopter for kids who are pre-established for no discernible reason to be the superior children in this community. The cast right out of the gate. The casting makes the call. Yeah. Uh, like the, the kids do not get, there's not like they don't prove their worth. There's I mean, no it, challenge on that. It's no like head of household on Big Brother. It's no, yeah. uh, it's it's not like Survivor. You won immunity for the week. N- th- yeah. No, because there's no voting out on the show. Yeah, the these only- guys are right out of the gate. They are established to be superior and put in a superior position just because they are. So just remind you, they have to create their own government, their own society, and already the producers intervene by creating a council of four people. Yeah. Then it gets I worse. Mean- <laughs> Sorry, go on. Because then they introduce uh, challenges and they break them up into districts, the red, blue, yellow, and green. Each council member is in one different uh, team color district. So one's in red, one's in blue, one's in yellow, one's in green. 
and they're considered the leaders. Yeah. So you know, it'll be really great now that we've established there's a division in the city when you know I think the whole premise is supposed to promote unity. <laughs> <laughs> what if we did a fun physical challenge based on the pioneer era? <laughs> where not only could you if you all complete the challenge on time you will have a big decision prize but we also determine the class system because we want to create a class system in this society too <laughs> absolutely and it's it's so weird because the challenge has nothing to do with discerning which kid is going to be best in which group like it is arbitrarily decided just based like and i'm pretty sure it was like a strength and endurance challenge like almost it was are, something like, crazy carrying buckets of water or some bullshit yeah and one was like you, you uh you're supposed to like my like oil mining but it's like you have to move the oil thing from one side yes. to the other to fill up the bucket if you fill up the bucket first and bring it to the finish line you first you become the upper class you yeah. get to say control all of the jobs and you get the most money yeah and it was kind of fucked because I do distinctly remember like one of the groups had like a higher ratio of much younger children like it, it it's no it was not a fairly balanced challenge the like the group leaders were all of wildly different ages like like i think the youngest leader was like an 8 year old and the oldest leader was like a 14 year old which like those are two very different like levels of brain development like it's just it's just fucking buck wild uh second place becomes the merchants they have responsibility to manage the shops both the saloon and the candy store, which I'm assuming only sells candy because I did not see any fruit. <laughs> uh, third is the cooks. They get to work in the kitchen to show that they are beneath merchants. So if you're wondering, <laughs> uh, apparently uh, the person who works at the uh, Target is apparently a much better person than the person working the line cook job at McDonald's. <laughs> Oh, no, but then it gets worse. The fourth and final position is the laborers. <laughs> That's the worst. You <laughs> well, don't... obviously. They get paid the least, and they uh, basically have to do all the quote-unquote grunt work, like cleaning the bathrooms. Oh, <laughs> Ew, no. Smelly. And it's like, when I see that, I'm like, so they're forcing the kids to do labor. The way they determine the labor is not based on like, oh, actually, you know, I kind of am a cook myself. I kind of want to be the chef here. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my dad like runs like convenience store uh, in, in, in Florida. I can be a merchant. <laughs> like, no, mm-hmm. instead of like, just like, it's the sign rolls that way. Let's have funny physical challenges while mm-hmm. the host tries to like give this whole spiel about why it's so important. Well, and it's they, they couldn't have done it any other way because like they've they've right out of the gate set it up that, that one group of like well each group of people is beneath, like sorry let let me rephrase this. There is a very distinct hierarchy in who is making the most money. So they, they couldn't have a situation where the children are choosing what they want to do because they're all going to want to choose the highest paid job. What To me, it's like, wow, what if you just, there was like no money? What if you, you had the money be like, do you want to add money to the system? Do you want a currency? Do you want this? Exactly. Like it, it isn't them building their own society. It's them building on the skeleton of an existing society. In a very weird way, Kid Nation is almost like a brilliant study of like our capitalist society, but like it, not intentionally. 
Like it almost shines a beautiful stunning light on everything that's ugly and wrong about society, but like by accident. It is so basically, I mean here here's the easiest way you want to go into the whole uh Let's all go into the the comrades. Uh, please hang up the guillotines. Get the uh, Marxist literature. Uh, <laughs> here, here's a good interpretation of Kid Nation for all those who want to know why it proves capitalism is bad. Because the people who were in control and power at the beginning of the show are basically like the modern day fail sons. They didn't really have their worth. They never really did anything to achieve to get their uh, stature. But they assume because they have the power that they have the right to say whatever they want. The kids of all ages uh, have their own skill sets, but none of it really matters because it all comes down to where you are in these groups that are arbitrary and make no sense. In addition to that, the values of the system from where it is from the upper class to the labors is such a wealth divide that it kind of shows you uh, how even the class system of the quote-unquote middle class should really be a non-existent issue because that's mm -hmm. no different than being a merchant or a cook in this group, yeah. which means, oh boy, I can have a chocolate bar instead of, <laughs> oh boy, I can have a gumball. Like... Okay, I know that we're we're talking about the class system right now, but like I like what is the food situation in town in this society? Well, Do they just eat <laughs> They went for old tiny pioneer foods. So, uh, oh. from what I've gathered from the Reddit page of Mike cuz Mike did ask me anything for this show. Hey Mike. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you're listening <laughs> to this, but we really hope you got through therapy. We really oh love my and support God. you and everything. Imagine if Mike secretly was a huge fan of the show and you were able to get him on. Can you imagine? Oh, yes, but we're not doing the Canadian episode with him. <laughs> we're going to with you. I'm not returning to this damn show. <laughs> I'm getting out of Dodge, or in this case, Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> so because of the class system and this weird wealth gap in this system it's all based on a physical challenge that's why i said oh it's a game show because there's a physical challenge to determine placement in the thing and plus there is one final challenge at the end so right. if they all complete the challenge there is one big reward that's basically a want versus need mm. uh which is supposed to be what is beneficial for for the community do you think Right. Would you rather have uh, drinking water from a well that would be pre-built for you? So you have clean water no matter what you, wherever you go, nice running water, clean. Or do you want arcade games? Yes. Yes. Uh, that one, is buck wild. If I could actually uh, list off some of these uh, challenges, because <clears throat> I feel like these are the most fucked up of them all. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> here we go. Uh, the reward was here a giant water slide or conveniently placed water pumps designed not to freeze. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> all right. You can have a microwave, uh, with a barrel of cocoa <laughs> or 40 hot and fresh pizzas. That would have been a tough one for me. I want versus need would have been, that would have been challenging for me in that scenario. If I was living in Bonanza city. Uh oh my god oh no oh <laughs> god I forgot this was the episode oh. Brian this is a tough decision for you yes what you is it you can have 
a collection of holy Bible scriptures. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is an actual dilemma they had to face. <laughs> For kids, remember, I just was like eight, nine, ten, eleven. You can have holy, like, like holy scriptures. So, like the Bible and the Quran, because that would fly back in 2007. Uh, <laughs> or, or a nine-hole mini golf course. I mean, all right. Let's unpack this. Well, first of all, that's a good reflection of the fact that, like, the host of this show is a youth pastor, <laughs> which I'm not sure if everyone knows that, but the host of the show is a youth pastor. So they're, like, I feel like that's uh, directly from him. Um, but, like, I can kind of see if they were introducing the scriptures from the perspective of, like, they don't have any other entertainment. So maybe they'll choose the Bibles because they just want something to read. But then they go ahead and they introduce a golf course. So tell they chose the golf course, right? No, they, they chose the books. No, why? Because a couple of the kids are, you know, pair are kids of the Southern Pastures, and they didn't get the oh. books. So I need my faith. Oh, yeah. I would have picked That's... a golf course, by the way. One hundred percent golf course. Oh boy, that must have been a divisive day. Uh oh oh okay, this is. <laughs> I'm going through everyone's dilemmas because this is like the dumbest. I will. I'm making this like the dumbest dilemmas. All right, you, toiletries including toothbrushes, toothpaste, mouthwash, and floss, or mm-hmm. a barbecue party with ribs, chicken, hamburgers, and hot dogs. Dang, you know this is this is a dilemma. You know, I, I mean, I want to brush my teeth for sure. But I'm already living dirty and nasty in Bonanza City. So ribs, chicken, hot dogs sounds pretty good to me. But here's where the real dilemma comes in. If I've been chowing down on a bunch of ribs, you know what my teeth are going to be full of afterwards? Fucking shanks of meat. And then I'm going to be really kicking myself for not having floss. So this one's a head scratcher. So the diet uh, that they had on the show was mostly pioneer food. So beef jerky, biscuit dough... Uh, canned goods, cans of beans. Sure. Uh, so then they had to face a dilemma here, because you know, oh man, the food's so scarce. I'm so hungry. Uh, yeah. you can have uh fruits and f- and vegetables that are fresh, uh-huh. and it's all that you can eat, no matter what. Oh. Or two dune buggies with an unlimited supply of gasoline. <laughs> choose obviously they chose the fruits and vegetables They're, if you notice they all choose like the, the quote-unquote need oh. option rather than the safe like the first episode was was toilets it was toilets yes. or uh i think like i think it was a tv wasn't it toilets or a tv yeah toilets or a tv and it's just like why <laughs> well you know like it, that's what's kind of fucked up about it that like you've put these kids in such a position that like that they would choose toilets because like, they only have one uh, outhouse for forty kids. Yeah, that's a nice that's... sanitary uh, environment. Good job, right? These kids are going to get sick. I'm uh, sure many of them did. Oh boy! Oh. Then there was one that actually was kind of cool. Uh, you can get electric washer dryers. They're twenty cents per load, given the the class system. Oh, or sure. you get hand washers. Oh, that is kind of a. Now, see, that's kind of an interesting choice. Like, that at least reflects, like, those are similar things where they have to make a decision basically based on, like, 
do I want to have to work harder to make money to be able to use the washer and dryer, but then not have to work at cleaning my clothes? Or do I want to save my money, but work harder cleaning my clothes? Like that's a real choice and a dilemma that is related. I think what the problem was, there was no like, let's have like an after show discussing this. Like, you know, this is kind of similar to like our healthcare system in America. You know, only the ones that can afford the healthcare get it. The free <laughs> ones, they kind of have to work hard on it. Can you imagine if that's how they spun the show? If they like did it as like an actual social commentary, it would still be fucked up because you're still using children as guinea pigs. Like there's no way that you can spin this show that it's not evil and wrong. But like at least then it would be making some sort of commentary on something as opposed to just being like, well, we put these kids in the desert. Enjoy. When they fail a challenge, they get to be shown their dilemmas and they have to go, oh, no, I wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the choice of four ponies or letters from home. Four ponies? Four ponies. I hope they didn't choose the four ponies because that's just giving them more work. They now have to take care of the ponies. Oh, wow. Did Here they we choose go. the ponies? This, was, this is one. Uh, books for a library or free video game arcade? Oh, arcade. Uh, books? 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 Uh, well, Brianne, let me you- tell you. There's only one book you need, and that's the Holy Bible. That's true. They already had the Bible, so easy, like the easy choice there. You know, if you if you ever pa- let me tell you, there's a book called Sega Genesis, and it said, <laughs> uh, "In the beginning, God pressed start," and then Alpiquaif, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> who fell upon thou Green Hill Zone to collect the Chaos Emeralds. These kids probably chose. They probably chose the book specifically because they're like, "What's an arcade?" No, they picked the arcade. Did they? For the first time, they picked the arcade. They picked the fun option. They're like, "Yeah, fuck books. Like, I don't have to, like. You're not gonna trick me into doing that shit. No way. <laughs> like, I yeah, no, I don't need to fucking read. I'm in school most of the time. Oh boy, so, just no, want to read you. Treasure Island. Thanks. Oh my god, yeah. They're like, now you can catch up on your summer reading, guys, in between your manual labor that you have to do to live. And then, uh, oh, okay, then they had to do a homestead act. Oh, no. They had to do a homestead act. Oh. What is what what is what do you what does that mean? Okay, so this was this is an this was an American law. Uh so uh an applicant could acquire ownership of government land for public domain called a homestead. Uh-huh. Uh it, it was basically like cuz westward expansion so it's basically just like ew, squatters rights plot, plotted cuz Bonanza you know New Mexico p- pioneers. Sure. Each district had a house and alpaca chickens and a flag to move from one end of a field to the other in 60 minutes. First team goes the upper clap up 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 up. The reward was the choice between a monument to kid kid nation or ride on a hot air balloon. <laughs> That's the stupidest. Neither of those is a good prize. Uh, and then the finale was the gold stars, and we already got through that. So now let's go to the gold stars. What makes this also a game show is because of the council, these uh, privileged people who have the power and say, uh, they get to decide one one special lucky kid of the 40 to be given the classic stereotype of elementary school classrooms, the gold star. But unlike it's classrooms, star. it's no everyday sticker. It is instead a physical gold star, like gold brick. <laughs> it's worth $20,000. 
and that's when I went, oh shit, this is a game show. Yes. Oh no. Because now there's a political game in place. And now do you work hard so you please the council so you get the gold star? Mm-hmm. Do you sabotage others to benefit yourself to get the gold star? And that has played a role in the show as well, which also means you divide and conquer everybody. Because now with 40 people, only a few people get the gold star. So what happens if you're one of these poor people who have basically drank bleach and got sick you 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 stuck your face in the uh, skillet and you you burned yourself with hot oil, <laughs> and you you work the candy store and all you do is you just sit around and eat candy and go oh wait I'm supposed to sell this my bad. <laughs> you don't get a gold star. You, you don't up. get the gold star. And yeah, well let's not get ourselves the it, the the uh, apparently according to uh, Mike and the AMA. The choice was you actually get the physical gold star or you just get a check for 20 grand. Oh my God. Is the gold star, is it, it's actually like gold worth 20 grand? Yes. <laughs> That's bananas. Tr- tr- no, it's bonanza. That's no. bananas. That's bonanzas. Uh, so just imagine this, this poor kid like going to like the grocery store. Excuse me, can you take this gold star? <laughs> I have this $20,000 gold star. Can you make this real money for me? I'm seven. I don't understand. Money. I'll have you know this Ron Paul fellow really wants the gold standard. And this is gold. <laughs> I'm sure this is worth something. How much candy can I get for this gold star? Uh, Just tell me. Uh, <laughs> all of it if you want. I don't care. <laughs> this to me... What I'm curious about, and again, I've only seen the first two episodes and now with you, the last episode, uh, I'd be interested to watch the whole series just to see if the children, like, if they understand the gravity of the gold star, because for the most part, like, some of these kids are older, so they're pro- they're going to understand the worth of money, but a lot of these younger kids are just not going to really understand what $20,000 means. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah, like, it's not, when you sell a bunch of kids, like, you can win this gold star, and they're like, oh, cool, and they're like, and it's worth $20,000. They're going to be like, oh, like, what? what is what is that? It's an abstract concept. They don't get it. They don't know what $20,000 is. And also, that fucking money's not going to them, and we all fucking know it. That money is going straight to their parents. It's going to your college fund. Or- oh, my God, yes, I'm sure it is. I need a new motorcycle. Yeah, fucking kitchen renovations. Thanks, Jimmy, for living in the desert for however many days you did. Here, right. you know, you're 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 dehydrated. You had to share a giant to- a toilet paper for like a portable toilet for like three days. You had to clean horse shit. Uh, have fun. It's it's wild to me. It's wild to me, but it's also like. I think it's really interesting that people like anyone who hears about Kid Nation or knows about it or talks about it, like finds it so crazy and they can't believe that it happened and they can't believe that this would like happen to kids. And like, I guess I like I'm I'm because of my professional life and like my the fact that I am a professional childcare worker. And for the past 10 years of my life, I've like my my professional career is children's rights and children's advocacy and children's education. So maybe I have a broader perspective on this than most people who maybe have never even met a kid. But like, so like to me, I'm like, this isn't very surprising because I feel as though this kind of like taking advantage of children happens all the time in popular media. 
Like any time really that you are watching a television show that features very young children or a reality show that has young children in it, you are you are observing this kind of manipulation happening. And uh, oh, man, it's just. And I think, like, I, I understand where they were probably coming from. Like, oh, look, you kids, we'll learn from the kids. Yeah. The worst thing about this was they actually filmed, they actually, like, aired all 13 episodes <laughs> for the show. The, the, uh, they, at the first episode had 9 million views in America, and it just quickly dipped. And then at oh the end God. of the 13 episode run, 7.35, which is still. Believe it or not, pretty good even for a CBS show. Yeah. Um. Oh. Oh. Well. Ooh. Apparently. Apparently, a uh, Jimmy. You know, his Jimmy guy. He wasn't he the kid, the young kid in the first episode who he left. Yes. Well. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Flynn. Uh. Jimmy. Uh. Yeah. He he left on the first episode. Everyone's like, No, Jimmy, don't go. <laughs> Stay in Kid Nation. Yeah, it's peer pressure, the kid. Yeah. Um, so he was on an interview uh, with uh, Mr. Uh, racist train conductor guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know the guy. Uh, the, the, the grump guy who got fired. Um, oh, yeah. That guy. Uh, sure. And in the interview, uh, basically said, oh, poor sanitary conditions. Uh and then poor sleeping arrangements, and there were ambulance called because one consumed bleach from an improperly rinsed container and the aforementioned uh, burning with grease on their face while cooking. God. Uh, so uh, I think it's real shocking that Jimmy would know all these things, despite the fact he was only there for three days. <laughs> so I'm led to believe he was only told these things after the shoot. If anything, Jimmy should be praised for leaving early. <laughs> Not- yeah. Jimmy, like he's he knew he was like I actually I remember that there is a distinct moment in the episode, the first episode, where Jimmy's leaning against a wall and he's crying and he says, "I'm only seven years old. I'm too young for this." And I'm like, "Yes, you are. Like, good for you, Jimmy. Get the fuck out of there. You are seven years old. You need to be at home in your jammies." Watching cartoons and playing video games. This is some bullshit. So, Kid Nation CBS. I have the web archive of their website. Uh, there is. You get to learn about all the kids. <laughs> uh, so, uh, here, here's the uh, the press release. By the way, I would go through all of them, but if you have a favorite kid, let me know. Forty kids <laughs> have forty days to build a brave new world without adults to help or hinder their efforts. Already, that's fake and wrong. Uh, can they do it? No, they could not because uh, they were forced to play fucking a format where they were divided by class systems to have a capitalist ideology. These kids, ages <laughs> 8 to 15, will turn a ghost town to a new home. They'll cook their own meals, clean their own outhouses, run their, haul their own water, and even run their own businesses, including Old Town Saloon, root beer only. Oh, thank God for that correction. <laughs> Uh, through it all, they'll cope with regular childhood emotions and situations, homesickness, peer pressure, and the urge to break every rule they've ever known. Will they stick it out in the end? Will these kids prove to everyone, including their parents, they have the vision to build a better world than the pioneers who came before them? <laughs> I, I Yes, my favorite moment, exactly what the pioneers expected. Candy, 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 candy. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you know the candy shop, just like in the pioneer days. I got candy. Yeehaw! Whoop a doo! <laughs> oh, I'm changing my gold bars for candy bars. Mm. All right. You know, like back in the pioneer days, where you could just do manual tasks and get a gold star. And just as importantly. Will they come together as a cohesive unit or will they abandon all responsibility and come to the childhood temptations that lead to round-the-clock chaos? Don't miss this intriguing series. <laughs> all right, here's Mike's profile. We talked about Mike from uh, the uh, the episode. He did the AMAs. Uh, do you... Oh, my God. There was like a frequently asked question. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Was like were there people who were like fans of specific children? No, like this is on the official CBS website. Like get to know the contestants. You know, like like you remember like when you see like a big competition yeah. series. It's like here's Jordan. He's thirty. He's from Los Angeles. He's a competitive oh. person because he likes games a lot and has a podcast about it. To him, his strategy <laughs> is to all right. <clears throat> so here is I'm going every answer of Mike's profile. Like, okay. Only because I think we could give him a pass because he's actually a pretty cool dude. Hell yeah. Uh, what world leader do you admire? Raoul Wallenberg that? saved hundreds of thousands of Jews during the Holocaust. He is a hero to millions, and I do not believe he is justly recognized for his actions. <laughs> Damn, Mike. Damn. <laughs> Mike's like, he knows his shit. Holy shit. He, he had that one in his back pocket. Like He was like, finally, a question for me. How would you change the world? I would end the war on terror for good. No terrorists. <laughs> 2007. Oh, dang. What a time. How would you change your neighborhood? Make the neighborhood rec club nicer. Uh, no problem. Oh, How sure, would, yeah. What would you have learned about power? Use it carefully. Don't get too power hungry. Is power a good thing? Yes, but not too much. What makes a good leader? Someone compassionate, a good listener, calm, able to take charge. Oh, wow. This dude, holy cow. Uh, I know you don't know American presence that well, Brian, but I'm going to get through this. <clears throat> Who have been some of the best U.S. presidents and why? FDR led the U.S. through the Great Depression and World War II. George Washington was our first president and one of the best. These are probably the two best presidents ever. Mike was like, Mike's Mike, a no, fucking this nerd. Is one I'm going to say is like, holy shit. This is, remember, this is 13 years ago. Yeah. This is 13 years ago. This is 2007. W was the president. Yes. There, Barack Obama was just kind of like, no one really knew who he was even in 2007. This was still like yeah. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Here's the question. And I will tell you right now, the next two answers are amazing. And I will oh like, this God. is like stand up and clap clap. Oh, hell when yeah. you become an adult, what do you think will be the biggest problem facing our nation and or world? Oh my God. Global he warming. He even <gasps> knew back then. Global Shit. warming. If you had the power to change one or two things about our country right now, what would it be? Mass solar energy usage and no war. Shit. This kid Mike's is awesome. cool as crap. I love this Next kid. level <laughs> shit. God well, damn. Kid, not, like, well, let me rephrase this. This kid is cool. <laughs> we like the guy. <laughs> yes, this guy is fucking awesome. Does Mike have his own podcast? Like, what's Mike up to these days? Mike's probably the leftist podcast, <laughs> probably. It's, oh, uh, man. If you can put one place in the law that pertains to kids in our country, what would it be? Children, orphanages, or on the street should be entitled to better access to free education. Yeah. Uh, what are I mean, some people? Why are some people rich and others poor? Some people A, work hard, B, are lucky, and others are bums or D, unfortunate. 
<laughs> well. Do you believe global warming is a fact or a myth? Fact. I would use renewable sources that are cleaner solar power. If you were in charge Damn. of education, would art classes be as important as math? Uh, no, art is an important subject, but math ties into many more other fields than art does. Uh, and then he belongs to the Boy Scouts school band in the Washington Interscholastic Orienteering League. <laughs> oh, man. That is, no, that's a cool kid. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty dope kid there. All right, should we look at, like, would we look at Jimmy or... <laughs> I would, I would, I, I'd be interested to know, um, I'd be interested to know Sophie's answers. Sophie's the one, like, in the first episode where she's, like, she's pretty aware of all the bullshit. Like she is like, as soon as that, okay. Like Sophie, then there's Sophia, but we'll go Sophie. Sure. Uh, Sophie is also from Washington. Uh, they actually posted like her stuff. Like they made like a little, like, Oh my God, this one's not the one that, Oh geez, Brie. I wish I could like, I wish this was a video podcast. (laughs) Because this is what I'm seeing. Oh. <laughs> what? So- oh, that's the other Sophie. I meant Sophia. This is Sophie. Okay, so Sophia. Uh, I, this, this, like, Sophia. I know, Sophia. this like Florida's. Florida's own Sophia. Here we go. Yeah. 14 years old. Uh, here, uh, Sophia does some drawings. And hey, you know what? That's actually not that bad drawing. That's- At 14? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. All right. Uh... <laughs> Oh, jeez. This lady is... Uh, <clears throat> How would you change the world? Where to start? First off, I'll begin to fix the global warming crisis. Next, I would stop unnecessary wars and end genocide. Hell yeah. After that, it's on to tackle world hunger, but that's not all. Education still needs to become a priority. There's so much to change about this place. How would you change your neighborhood? I'd add sidewalks. I don't know. I'm pretty content <laughs> with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, question asked, question answered, girl. <laughs> what have you learned about power? It's very easy to abuse. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I, I want I want Sophie and or Sophia and Mike to just team up. This so, so that's your so it's like that's your president VP slots. Sophia yeah, hell yeah. What makes a good what what makes a good leader? Mike and Sophie. Duh. Oh jeez. Oh my god, I'm reading the answers and are almost tied together, by the way. Uh yeah. Is power a good thing? Power in the right hands is a very good thing, but misused, it's disastrous. What makes a good leader? A good leader looks beyond himself. Uh, come on girl sophia come on. Sophia, sophia 2020 you can say herself you know internalized misogyny is real it's it's not her fault this is the world she's been shown yes uh who have been some of the best u.s presidents and why george washington because newly formed country government can function ethical president and franklin roosevelt fdr because during the, country, <laughs> the great depression and great prosperity yeah same as mike oh my God. uh when you become uh uh, an adult what do you think would be the biggest problem i'm sure that when i'm an adult the biggest problem in the world will be global warming and it's terrifying mm-hmm. by then the situation will have magnified itself and if precautions have not been taken we have endangered the world for generations to come which in my <gasps> opinion is very selfish yes my girl oh my god if you had the power to change one or two things in the country uh there's so many things to change first i'll make the entire country eco-friendly and then i would fix the healthcare system i would change mm-hmm. almost everything no this is such a beautiful healthcare system even yeah, in 20, 2007, this person was like, "Hell yeah!" Uh, such a Damn. beautiful country, and it's sad it was happened to it. If you can go, if you can put one place, uh, the forget what it be. All the children must be educated sufficiently. Oh yeah. Uh, why are people rich and others poor? This is a question too complicated to address in a simple way. However, a quality of education could go a long way in providing opportunity for the less fortunate. Hell yes. This chick, I'm telling you. 
Oh, geez. This is, do you believe a gold ring is a fact or a myth? Fact, 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 fact. I mean, come on, people. How much of the earth actually has to be destroyed before we can admit that we have a problem? If I were in charge of the planet, I would be more energy efficient. Recycling would be absolutely mandatory. But most importantly, I would make the public aware of the situation. Screw yeah. Greta. I like Sophia. Yeah, honestly. Greta yes. Thunberg does not hold a candle to Sophia. On this I'm situation. telling you. Yeah, this is 2007. Like, I feel like I wasn't even this fucking woke about shit back then. Hell yeah. You go, girl. I love it. 2007, I think I was kind of still in that. I just want, like, you know, everything to be free and mine and also not to people mess with me. Because <laughs> I was well, like, still yeah, like, I think. It- 2007 i probably would have been like 17 maybe i was like just about to graduate high school yeah no i was still i was a fucking asshole this is the only difference between her and mike if you're in charge of education what art being as important as math absolutely a society is nothing if it does not value the arts you know that that to me that tracks because mike he's all head sophia she's all heart and you know so. what you need those two you need those two you need a brain that's exactly that's why they would be a dynamite team i'm telling you Oh, here's Jared. This is that kid. This was the weirdo. <laughs> oh boy, that, they really love the Jared. Off the rails. <laughs> they really love Jared. Check out the bios created by kids for kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture of Jared in like some sort of jail cell, <laughs> wearing camo pants and a panda shirt. Legendary. Uh. Oh, no. Some of these are just like global warming, FDR and Lincoln. All right. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it's Uh-oh. for you, Jared. Uh-oh, Jared. If you were in charge of immigration, would everyone be allowed to enter the country? Would illegal immigrants be allowed to stay? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not about that. Uh, it's weird. It's weird that these. I wonder if they had different questions for different age groups. Because oh, his no. questions are different. Oh no! If you had the power to change one or two things about our country, what would it be? The media is often one-sided with most issues in this country, and it would be nice to have the whole story. Oh, Jared said fake news, bitches. He's like, <laughs> this is. He's I like will. the liberal media. Also, what world leader does he most admire? President Bush. Uh, best president. Oh. Oh no. FDR and Lincoln. FDR because of the United States is the worst depression. Is that everyone's like cop out answer? Lincoln because mm-hmm. of what he did to reunite the country. But who's the worst president? Clinton because he could not be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so, Jared, can you explain why he can't be trusted? <laughs> Elaborate on that. As please. an 11 year old, can you just explain who Monica Lewinsky is and what was the thing? <laughs> Oh my god! To be fair, Jared is from Georgia, so <laughs> yeah, it's enough. Oh, there's Gylan. Oh yeah, hell yeah, Greg. Oh, Greg. Greg's the bad boy. Yeah, I Greg's know the Greg... bad boy. Here we go. Yeah. Do you think? Oh, Greg's from Nevada. He has dirt bike. Oh. He's a cool. Oh man, he's dude. Hell yeah. Oh man, he's he's just doing short but sweet answers. <clears throat> I love it. He's like, fuck this. I don't Do you want have me time to want shit. me to just I will go through all I know I feel like this is mostly the episode now, but I know this is a gold mine. I can't believe that you found this. Uh the big picture of oh, thoughts on things. Hell yeah. Check out designed by the kids. Uh what do you want to be when you grow up? An engineer? What do people surprised to learn about you? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Where you see yourself in 10 years, wherever life takes me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Greg's a simple uh, guy. Here the, uh, oh, this is all you need to know. Uh, uh, what role do you admire? My mom. She may not be president, but she is making a difference in the world in my life every day. That is a great answer. Yeah, hell yeah. Holy little shit. Mama's like, that's I like, love I think it. no one said that answer. I don't think anyone really yeah. came up with that smart answer. Yeah, hell and yeah. Then, you go, Greg. How would you change the world? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to admire the honesty. Greg's like, fuck this. I don't have time for this shit. Look at me. I wear a toque all the time. Uh, when you become an adult, what would you think would be the biggest problem facing our nation? Natural resources. If you had the power to change one or two things about our country now, what would be? Cars. <laughs> Excuse if me? If you could put into place no. a law that pertains to kids in our country, what would be? None. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in charge of education, would art class be as important as math? No. Do you belong to any organizations or clubs? No. <laughs> if you could switch places with one person, who would be and why? I wouldn't switch places with anyone. <laughs> He loves himself. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm in a good position. That is a oh, dude. Dude, that dude is now. That's a cool dude. That's Hell a, yeah. That's a dude who I am sure right now is like the owner of a bar somewhere yes. in Nevada. He is a I don't care what you think of me kind of type, but in like the weirdest sense of the world, I'm pretty sure he's also like probably like a dude. If you actually like coughed me during COVID nineteen, I will beat the shit out of you. Do not Hell even yeah. think about yeah. doing that. I swear to God. There's really only two options for who Greg is right now. He is either like what you described, like maybe he like he maybe like owns like a brew pub and he's like a cool kind of like hipstery guy or he like he like again works at a pub, but it's like a nasty pub and he like bare knuckle boxes on the weekends. Those are like the two options as far as I'm concerned with Greg. Uh, we'll go last one. Let's see here. Uh, Mallory. I think Mallory was one yeah. of them. She thinks she's one of the really young ones. Yeah, she was like little. Uh, oh no. <laughs> well, we'll not move on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna make. We don't need kid. to dunk on a little kid. <laughs> I, I think that's just a little too. Uh, <laughs> a little too real. Uh, so uh, we gotta go to Jonathan Karsh now. Uh, the youth pastor guy. <clears throat> Hell yeah. He is the uh, <laughs> supervising producer of Kid Nation. Bruce and Preserve Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Oh. Uh, you might have known from such shows as Catfish, the TV show. Oh. And 2018's The Hunt for the Trump Tapes. Hell yeah. That Vice documentary the- series with Tom Arnold. <laughs> so. Or my personal favorite, the very suspicious, or is it superstitious, George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I made Jar Jar, you know. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, no, he was also the host of Kid Nation. Apparently, before that, he uh, hosted, he was a cell phone entertainment, no, nah, it's just like an interview, Evening Magazine and American Journal. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it seems like he's had a decent career. I, well, I mean, he's had a career since Kid Nation. It definitely set him up to do, you know. A lot of reality so, shows. I mean, some hell yeah. the police women of Maricopa County, for instance. Or my teen is pregnant and so am I. Oh no, that is shocking. <laughs> oh no. Does that count as a game show, Jordan? I, um... <laughs> no, thankfully no. It's a docu series. But Too you can bad. but I can watch it on Amazon Prime Video for the low price of ten dollars. <laughs> oh. Well, this <laughs> this really does bring a, a scamper to the day. Uh 
So legal implications. So this was the the in part of the show. Um, mm. Kit Nation production. We're looking at the Wiki page only because that's easier for me to look at. Yeah. Uh, they raised questions about whether reality show participants are more like subjects in a documentary or work in actors. The later are covered by union rules and govern everything from working hours to compensation. Debate over this was part of the AFTRA investigation over the Code of Fair Practices, a network broadcast television. The investigation went forward even though reality shows, co-network, uh, generally covers professional performers, not participants. Some parents on hand for the final day of filming accused the producers of feeding children lines, recasting dialogue, and repeating scenes, all of which suggested that the children functioned as actors. <clears throat> we will now draw our attention to episode 13. Mm. When, our, when our buddy Mike just, you know, has a lot on his mind gets a lantern, and he sees that board, that job board, that class system with all the names on it, <laughs> catching on fire. It's in a blaze. He doesn't know what happened to it, but he's staring in awe. Oh, no! the fu- It's on fire! Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> a totally normal and organic reaction, which he had from the bottom of his heart. <laughs> He, he went, Bonanza is just a begotten spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, Kid Nation also raised questions about the appropriate minimum age of participants. Reality shows production took place in New Mexico. Tighten its regulations governing the number of span of hours a child actor can work. Oh. Oh. Yeah, so no. I, yeah, I had heard, I had heard oh. that. Go on, Brie. Go on, say it. The producers declared the set a summer camp <laughs> rather than a place of employment. And that loophole has been closed. Uh, 11-year-old David Miles was burned when grease splattered onto her face while cooking a meal. Her mother, Janice, filed a complaint in June calling for investigation to, into abusive acts to minors and possible violations of child labor laws. Hey, I, uh, I, mit- I lost you for a while there. Uh, it's apparently a summer camp. Oh, shit. Yeah, the producers had declared it said summer camp rather than a place of employment, and the loophole has since been closed. Shit. After 11-year-old da- uh, Devod Miles was burned when grease splattered onto her face while cooking a meal, her mother, Janice, filed a complaint in June calling for an investigation into abusive acts to minors and possible violations of child labor laws. Fuck. The claim was investigated by Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office, which found no criminal wrongdoing on the part of the production company. Other investigative efforts by the state of New Mexico into the Kid Nation production were later dropped. What? Really? The state's attorney general's office cited the lack of formal complaint or request for inquiry from any state agency. The state's Department of Workforce Solutions dropped its charge that the producers had denied inspectors access to the set and said it had no plans to investigate. CBS defended the production's conduct as both legal and ethical. (laughs) And ethical. And ethical. Really? The height of ethics. Including the response to minor injuries on the set, the network characterized some early allegations as irresponsible, exaggerated, or false. Wow. So, Well, and I had heard that the choice to film in New Mexico was actually a a calculated decision because their labor laws for children were quite different and a lot laxer there. It sounds like that was probably the reason. Plus, hey, you got a nice ghost town. Yeah, you know, pioneers or whatever. Uh, here's some reviews. Uh, first up to Washington Post, panelist Tom Shaw suggested the show is not so much an exercise in socialization as the indoctrination of children into a consumer culture. <laughs> yes. Shaw's pointed out that the kids' decisions included buying root beer at the saloon with real money. 
but not hiring or being hired as their money was parceled out to them according to their predetermined stations in life. Mm-hmm. By the third episode, advertisers had shied away from Kenation due to its initial controversy had begun to purchase time. Uh, neither of the show's pre-premiere promises nor controversies quite congealed. The children were never as anonymous or self-reliant as Pugley and Doctorate and Friend Legal Nevis by State Mexico never took off. As the series concluded, low ratings had cast down where uh, CBS would renew the show. Uh, Brad Adgate, an analyst with Horizon Media, said the chances were not good unless a writer strike. Uh, oh my... Oh no, that's the oh my god. Uh, so... I got to read this now, Brianna, because this is, I think, the best. This is the big shocker. I'm ready to listen. It was nominated for Best Family Television Reality Show, Game Show, <laughs> or Documentary at the 29th Annual Young Artist Award. Really? I'm not kidding. 29th Annual. That's- let's see here. Uh, the Sportsman's Lounge. Um, let's see here. What was the other uh, nominees? So that way we can see, like, hey, uh, uh, Hannah Montana, you know, Degrassi, Heroes. All right. Criminal Minds. What? Zoe 101. <laughs> Out of Jimmy's Head. Meet the Robinsons. All right. Um, okay, so here is best television reality show, game show, or documentary. Uh, <clears throat> Who Cares About Girls? The Oxygen Channel. <laughs> My Life as a Child. The Learning Channel. Mm-hmm. Kid Nation. CBS. <laughs> Endurance. Discovery Kids. And finally, <laughs> are you smarter than a fifth grader, Fox? My God. I wonder what would win of those five. Honestly. Not Kid Nation. Probably Kid Nation. No. Oh. <laughs> Thankfully, no. Fifth grader won. <laughs> yeah, no. I assumed. You got to assume fifth grader would win because. Yes. It's still on the air now, right? It's with John Cena now as the host. Really? John Cena, the first invisible game show host because you can see him. Really? That's his catchphrase. Oh. I'm being silly. No, it's it's a cute little <laughs> show. They answer the fifth grade questions. It's on Nickelodeon now. Lots of cutesy, kitsy fun. Uh, I think they're getting a second season, uh, but the COVID blocked them off or something. Um, eh. So, Kid oh, Nation man. is a show full of twists and turns, a show filled with lots of regrets, and a show featuring 40 contestants. At the end of the 40-day journey with these kids... Only some of them got gold stars. The rest of them won nothing. I'm not kidding. They got nothing. They just went home. They just went. The uh, format point, by the way, I should I should really end the show here with like the format point is mm. <clears throat> uh, introduction to a problem in the society. Then we introduce the showdown challenge. Showdown challenge determines the class structure in the town. Who gets the money? What do they do with the money? If they complete all, if all four of them complete the challenge in the lot of time. The council gets to make a decision dilemma about uh, a want or a need. That becomes another act on the show. Otherwise, it becomes another act about how we all screwed up and are horrible people. Next segment on the show, it becomes a uh, decision about the council as they start uh, talking about who deserves the gold star. Before, during the town hall debate, which is supposed to be their tribal council, the host wants to know if anyone would like to leave. People like Jimmy decide to leave, and they all say goodbye. But not only that, if you do not like the council, you can submit to run against a member of the council. If the votes are in your favor, you can replace someone in the seats. Democracy. Oh. <laughs> uh Boy, was that a good idea to say, yeah, I don't like you. I want to run against you. Uh, one knows for determine who gets a gold star. Yeah. 
I'll say. Uh, someone gets the gold star, and then uh, they get rewarded with the gold, and then they get a, a little nickel that they can go to the one and only phone booth in Bonanza City and call up their parents. <laughs> oh, man. When If someone decides to leave, they get to leave the barn, and everyone's like, oh, we'll miss you. Bye-bye. Do they get to... So if someone has won a challenge... And they choose to leave after that. Do they get to keep their winnings? I mean, like they get the gold star and then leave. Yeah, they can yeah. leave the gold star. See, that'd be like the moment I get a gold star, I'm fucking out of there. Like, congratulations, they got the gold star. But it wouldn't like to leave me. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. Thanks. $20,000. Brilliant. This is the worst experience of my life. See you later. So that's your strategy of of uh, if you were on Canation, which we know none of us would be on Canation. I'm going to tell you right now, I would be on no game show that requires any level of me being uncomfortable or doing physical challenges or any kind of endurance or being hungry. You're not going to catch me on Kid Nation. You're not going to catch me on Survivor. No, thank you. I'm accustomed to a certain quality of life, and I'm not going to sacrifice that. No way. So it sounds to me like uh, you just nailed why the show failed. (laughs) <laughs> because you're watching kids be uncomfortable and mm-hmm. no part of that do you go well this is exciting to watch unless you are a weird sicko yes uh at no point did i have fun watching the show except you feel for bad. like clowning on the host yeah and the premise of the show because these kids clearly do not want to be there they, they mm-hmm. really just like oh, i guess like eight more days sure mm-hmm. I think that that is that's a really great point where it's like because when you're watching shows like that are similar, like Survivor, for example, as the big one where it's adults, even though it's uncomfortable to watch them in these situations, sometimes you you consciously always fall back on the fact that they are adults who chose to be there and could choose to leave. And they have the understanding to do that. When you watch a show like Kid Nation, you just feel bad because these kids don't have, they don't, they didn't know what they were getting into and they, they don't have the, they, they just don't know how to fucking get out of there. And on Survivor, they kind of done away with the whole, I'm hungry kind of situation. They kind of now focused on these, like the social game and the million dollars. Like this is a million dollar game show, million dollars, million dollars. Oh, really? The nation, they do not play into that gold star that much, except for like someone gets the gold star for being the best person here in the city. They really just like, they, they really seem to focus on the things that are making the kids uncomfortable. There's a lot of focus on the things that are going wrong. Like there's a specific moment in either the first or the second episode where like the food gets really fucked up. Like they're trying to cook, but they're kids and they don't know how to cook and the food sucks and all the kids are really unhappy and they're just kind of like dealing with it. And they're like, it's just things like that where you're just like, Oh, like I don't like seeing kids try like, be hungry and scared it doesn't feel good it doesn't so i always say this there's no aspiration value to this usually mm. when it comes to a show uh you want to watch the show and go like oh i can do that i can picture myself on the show if i was a contestant i would do this and i did that i mean like that looks like fun right and, and that's the aspiration the kids looked miserable at what point would you if you were like an eight-year-old nine-year-old watch that show and go i want to go to bonanza creek and hang out with kids and have fun that looks like no you wouldn't absolutely not that should have been the big signal for cbs like hey i know you like this idea for for a reality show game show thing but uh 
what if there was a season two? Like, <laughs> like, I don't think they thought well ahead of season two, season three, season four. Yeah. The, the, they kind of just went through like, well, this is an experiment. This is, you know what, Brigham? This is like a social experiment. That's exactly how they tried to frame it. Like, that's what I think is so interesting about it is they tried to frame it as like the social experiment. But again, with none of the merits of an actual social experiment, because it doesn't actually make any meaningful commentary about anything. You know, like a social experiment. You know what? I've been great. Like here, I'm just going to throw out some things here. In addition to like, hey, let's learn about society and, and political, like what is capitalism, what is socialism? Uh, what if you brought the parents on to watch their kids misbehave on the show and you see their look of disgust when their kid becomes an abusive <laughs> piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my son Tommy's just the best. He's an athlete. He's great. Is he, though? Give me your nickels. I want the nickels. <laughs> oh, man. It's so problematic. It's- it is the most pro. It is the worst game show I have seen. I, I used to say that was MTV's trashed. Mm-hmm. I, at least I can say, well, there's some skits. But Chris Hardwick is still the host on that show. And, uh. Mm-hmm. But this is really like, what's the main takeaway? What am I supposed to get out of the show? Because not even a, oh, the kids will do better for the future is not even an option on this. Yeah. And a a big part of that, too, is because like there's a large portion of the show where you see the children, like the kids becoming disillusioned with what's happening. Like... You can't even frame it as being inspirational when, like, you've got kids in their, like, little, like, talking head moments where it's like, they're like, yeah, this is messed up. It's not fair that I'm doing more work but making less money. It's not inspirational. You feel bad for them the whole way through. All it does is remind you of the futility of the actual world that we live in right now. So now we got to get through some of the final questions. Uh, Brian, should this show be revived? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Why not? You I actually host want it. to see a revival of Kid Nation? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna host it. No, no, absolutely not. There's, there's no world in which a show like this should have ever existed in the first place. It is a massive human rights violation. Like children should never ever be included in something like this. It puts their mental, like their physical safety at risk and their mental health at risk. It's buck wild that it ever happened, and it should never happen again. Uh, I can, I hmm. I, I, you know, like, you know, that, that theory, that, that philosophy theory of like the, or the, the boat with the wood and the more planks you take away and replace, is it really the original boat? Mm. That's how I feel about if I had to do Kid Nation, (laughs) like, okay. So uh, if I had to do Kid Nation, I would scrap the chores, scrap the cooking, scrap the, and make it a model UN. Okay. Just make it a model UN show with like 12 kids, not 40. You're not yep. making it 40 days. It's only like a mini show, like six episodes long. Right. And each episode is basically just like, hey, let's talk about a big serious issue in, in mm. the world. How are we going to tackle climate change? How are we right. going to tackle COVID? How are we going to tackle the economy? How, right. And have these kids just have this roundtable discussion. And the catch is with this table of 12 or maybe 13 because you've got to have a nice odd number. Right. Make it eat A, B decisions. So it is okay. like, 
Oh, well, uh, do you, the economy is crashing. Do you reopen because of COVID or do you continue the lockdown orders? What do you do, kids? Right. And, and you make that like a 10 it. minute discussion like, no, we should all do this. Yeah, I mean, like that that's an interesting concept. I mean, that's ultimately what that is, is a televised debate club. <laughs> But that's all you can do for the show. And I think that was the yes. original intention was like televised debate club, but in a mm-hmm. pioneer. Uh, sure. So, and then you have it be like, let's play it out. Yeah. And then you hold the, and then at the end of the episode of the 13, everyone votes on who is the gold star recipient. Right. But instead of a gold star, I amp up the prize. Hey, you know, college, college paid for. Done. Yeah. Full, full yeah. right scholarship. You're good. Sure. If if for some bizarre reason we live in a society where college is free or debt <laughs> is paid off, fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I think that that's that's. And the idea is you keep that social experiment because you know you're gonna have kids grow up in conservative household. You have mm-hmm. ones that live in a progressive house. But then you got to have like the crazy reckless kids that clearly don't know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. And you get because then all I can imagine with a show like this is people watching it and then going, this must be how Donald Trump thinks <laughs> while running the country. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I no, you that's the only way you can do the show is you have to have like a smart people who are clearly like gifted, talented, will go to Princeton, Harvard, a big university. And then mm-hmm. you have like the reckless kids that just don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And they're just I like, yeah, we, we can nu- we should nuke the Middle East. What's the big idea? <laughs> I think that, yeah, I, I like that idea. I do think that there's a lot of merit to the idea. Like that's where it's like, I, I see a show like Kid Nation. And there are moments where I'm like, I do see a certain merit to giving kids of various age groups this kind of voice to like reflect on society obviously a show like kid nation is not the way to do it i always struggle with any show especially reality television or game shows that include children because i just feel like it's so hard to include children under a certain age in things like this ethically because at the end of the day you can't get around the fact that like you're making like children can't really consent to working so there's a lot of ethical issues that's why i'm like scrap it i'm not doing if i had to reboot no no they're working but is it really kid nation now is yeah no totally and so like i do think that there is like there's there's something like i have always said that like you know like children are citizens and children are human beings and they're like it would be nice if people could you know, see that they have thoughts, feelings, and opinions about the world. And so when you describe that, like this mini UN, I do kind of feel excited about that. Like this idea of children getting that, like get, getting the opportunity to see like, you know, kids will, you know, inherit the world that we make. And it's, it's an interesting idea to see what they think about it because they are a group of people who are citizens, just like anyone else. And people with thoughts and feelings like anyone else who also don't really have a lot of rights or a lot of ability to affect change. So like it is it is interesting this idea of like seeing what they think about, you know, our hypercapitalist society and seeing what they think about the things that are going on and how they would change it. And that's why like when we did that, you know, that portion where you were reading through their answers of like, you know, who they thought is a good world leader, what they would do to change their community. That's really interesting. It's interesting to hear stuff like that because it's a perspective that we don't see all the time because children aren't represented in that way, right? Absolutely. But again, it's so hard to do it ethically. It's so hard to 
That's why I'm like, I have to think is of the most ethic, ethic answers possible. You have to make it look like an academy of some kind. Mm-hmm. You gotta play up. It's like because what's the only things that people kind of liked about the show? I have to think it's the gold star because oh mm-hmm. man, the emotional heartfelt moment, mm-hmm. and it's the oh you won the challenge. Do you want candy or do you want uh, fruits and vegetable? Like people love that A B decision. Did I think like yeah. Instead of just like, hey, a want or a need that benefits you personally and that selfish behavior that comes with this whole lead for survival, if it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like you are the leaders in charge, like the kids rule the world. Right. That's the A-B decision. Yeah. And that that should spark the debate. And I think that's the, the real, that should be what the show should be. And absolutely. Because you know what? I mean, they... they... They present Kid Nation as this idea of kids trying to build a better society without adults, but they're not successful because they just drop them in the middle of a town and they they don't give them the opportunity to build their own society and they also don't give them real world current situations. So in this, you know, the scenario of Kid Nation that you've proposed, it's a lot closer to what they say their vision is, which is presenting kids with the opportunity to change to to build society in the way that they see. And so actually, you know what? I agree with you. I think that that would be a really dope show. And of course, then they can have pizza and all the pizza they can eat. And then it's Hell like, yeah. Because I think the idea is going to be like, if they're going to stay at this weird academy thing, it's you should give them like their own personal rooms that kind of show yeah. off their personalities. So you'll have someone yeah. that's music based, someone that's athlete, someone that's the gifted book. Obviously, that would be the Harry Potter dweeb, but it's yeah. okay. <laughs> And, you know, and, like, there's there's going to be a weird shit where they, like, you know, there's going to be times where they form little alliances against each other. Like, they're going to have to do the reality show shit. But no one's ever going to be in physical danger. Yeah, no physical <laughs> danger. Uh, probably only No like, one's drinking bleach. <laughs> they're not going to be drinking bleach. They're not going to stick their face in a deep fryer. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be just simple debates. It's it's And I, I think that's going to be the whole idea is how much oh, of your yeah. morals can be compromised with the big cash prize at the end. Like, I think that's the only... Are they willing to say anything just to be liked? Now, here's here's a question I have for you. In this scenario, are they going to have outside influences that might influence their opinions on things? Like, are they going to be... If they've been presented with a, mor- like a moral situation that they have to vote on, is it going to be something that comes intrinsically from them based on their, their pre-existing knowledge? Or are they going to be given access to like literature or situations that might educate them about the situation. And they're going to form an opinion. It's an education show first. So it's like, let's talk about, uh, uh, the, the humanitarian crisis in Africa, you know, famine, Mm -hmm. food, Africa. And then we'll talk about all the statistics, like 60% of people are over. They can't afford to food because of agricultural damages in Africa. They can't grow crops. They're Mm -hmm. superfoods, but they're non-organic. And, there's mm-hmm. not really been scientific tests to determine it. Uh, Hell yeah. Here's side A, here's side B, but it's not like conservative uh, liberal. It's, well, here's what one group says. Here's what the other statistics say. Numbers say this. Uh, facts it kind of like the heart basically every every dilemma is a heart versus head situation and i feel like you could almost as easily like rather than arbitrarily dividing it up what you could do is at the beginning of the episode present the two kind of options in broad terms and the children decide kind of like base just base like where they feel immediately snap decision this is what i think is right they go to that side of the argument and that's kind of what like where they're coming from you know 
That's exactly it. Then yeah. it's the AB decision because I I figured to, like it's going to be probably an hour long show because Kid Nation. Uh, so Act One, here's the decision. Here's the viewpoints. Pick your decision. Done. Now that you decided this, we are enacting it. So here's what happened mm-hmm. next because we're going based on like projections. So you decided right. to do this. Luckily, this happened, but unfortunately, the country is in debt and a massive uh, group of people are upset that you are wasting your money not in america but rather out overseas right so there's your next a b decision right question two and then you get to your third and final question oh well you did this you're a hero or you did this but you're fine because there's never it's always a gray area like that's mm-hmm. supposed to be the idea is you're never really going to be the hero you're going to be considered a villain to somebody Right. Hopefully it's the rich. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then you get to that big finale. Like now that we've decided on this great thing about uh, foreign affairs, uh, who do you think was the best candidate here that did the best on foreign affairs? They get the uh, decision. They get the mm-hmm. gold star, whatever we're going to call it. Oh, yeah. So my question. All, and then it's all going to be ben- like just like the, like the only part that was kind of wholesome, nice on Kid Nation was when the kids go like, I like Jeremy because I fell down and he helped me up and he gave me words. So I didn't feel like things like that, which I yeah. thought was like the only like, oh, that's nice. Horrible show, but that's nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. The kids, the kids were the only good part about the show. At the end of the day, all, everything, every extraneous factor was garbage and horrible, but the kids actually showed up for each other from time to time. So, <clears throat> Bree, we have time for one final question. This is a final question. Get it right. You get a plug, whatever you want. Oh, okay. All right. How do you think the class system should be divided in the form of a physical challenge, in the form of a skill challenge, or in the form of a puzzle? A, B, or C? <sighs> Or option D, <laughs> which is none of the above, no class system. Yeah, no, none of the above, no class system. Well, that, congratulations, like- Bree. You just won the last question, so you got to make a decision. <laughs> this could benefit you or help the community at large. You okay. can either have a big box of toilet paper because we are in a famine now in the COVID-19 that's just mm-hmm. for you, or okay. we can give money to feeding america <laughs> oh i mean i'm canadian so this is hard for me just kidding <laughs> obviously i choose feeding I, feed, I choose feeding the people because you know what i'm not no pussy bitch and i know how to get into the shower after i've taken a shit i don't need toilet paper i'm raised on the west coast bitch yeah what up whoa. yeah whoa whoa all right <laughs> <laughs> i feed the people so, so that's it, Bree, and you won. You get to play yeah. whatever you want, uh, Twitters, uh, YouTubes, whatever. Oh, oh, my God. Well, you know, I'm I'm only really kind of online, if we're being honest. I mean, you can find me at Twitter or on Twitter at Bree Aggressive. Um, you can check out what is allegedly my YouTube channel, Brienne and Matt, but it's mostly Matt's YouTube channel. And yeah. That's, it's, mostly that's the, me. it's mostly a YouTube channel where he gets drunk and plays video games. Yeah, Matt plays, gets drunk and plays video games. He occasionally asks me to review his edits, and he refuses to take my name off the YouTube channel because he feels like it would make people think he murdered. <laughs> I think it's also because you want to keep that initialism, so it's B-A-M. Oh, yeah, I know. Bam. It's fucking awesome. Uh, you know what? I think that there's a world in which one day I will be fully involved in, you know, 
YouTube again. You know but, what? I got an idea. I, I, you know what? Tell this to Matt. Mm-hmm. You could drop. You can drop the B and just be Am. Am and Matt. It's just a channel called And Matt. Yes. <laughs> They're like And what? And he's like, it's And Matt. And Matt. So then it's like it's games and Matt. Yeah. IPAs and Matt. Hell yeah. Maybe it could still be Bam. Like it could still be something and Matt. And it just has to be something else that starts with a B. Beer. You know, it's like yeah, beer and Matt. There you go. You have it. It's there. I did it. I helped. I helped you out. Your relationship. Yeah. yeah. We 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 survive the horrors that is Kid Nation. Hell yeah! Thank Let's you for never having speak me. of this horrible game show again. Yeah, no. Let's put this in the past. It, Absolutely. It, it special thanks to FDR for helping <laughs> people get through the Great Depression and George Washington for being yeah, the first president. The two greatest presidents. Hell yeah! And global warming is. I didn't fully believe it, but now I've read it on the Kid Nation interviews, and if Mike believes it, so do I. (laughs) Bree, thanks again for stopping by. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely. Thanks again to Brianne for stopping by. I had a great time chatting with her about Kid Nation. Lots of things happened since uh, it happened. Uh, Well, the... uh, there was a video uh, with Jonathan Tronathan uh, talking about Kid Nation. And uh, I'm going to just say this as a game show expert. It's inaccurate and false. It was fake. It's phony. And you interviewed somebody who got eliminated the first episode. How the fuck would they know anything about the show? So not only did that end up getting over 6 million views and kind of like, oh, let's have a political discussion about Kid Nation. It spawned other contestants from the show to show up and talk about their story and what they learned and try and profit off the 6 million views of JonTron. And I will say it, it's very fucking scummy. This reminds me a lot of when Matt Pat did the Jeopardy video. Uh, clearly, Jonathan wanted to go off a political landscape and go look at how mean the producers are about the show. And yeah, the producers were very mean. But at the same time, it's, uh, some of the stuff was wrong. Some I, I wish I could just spend another two hours talking about the inaccuracies, and, I, and I'm not. The show sucks. You don't have to watch it. It doesn't really tell you anything about politics. It doesn't even really tell you about reality television. It's a kid's reality competition show where people play to win money in a fictional city. It sucks. It's one of the worst games I've ever seen. Um, addition to that... Since then, uh, people have tried to make the comparison of the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, uh, or CHAZ, in Seattle, thanks to, essentially, uh, Seattle leaving a little space unoccupied with police because of the Black Lives Matter movement going on all over America right now. Uh, Because, as it turns out, police brutality is wrong and racism is bad. Such hot-button issues facing the country. Uh, because of the deaths of people like Brianna Taylor and George Floyd, and more recently, Rayshard Brooks. So when I'm seeing people trying to make the app comparison of Kid Nation to that, it's way further from the truth, and it's very obnoxious and wrong. Because what I saw here was exploitation of children for the sake of a television series, and I also saw... The uh, essentially a huge backlash even back then when Kid Nation debuted. 
So at no point was this show ever really respected or enjoyed by anybody except for maybe like the parents or libertarians from what I'm gathering. Because, oh man, free will, this is exactly what life should be like. And no, they're at the behold of the producers to do physical challenges. There's no free will in this show to come up with their own government. So none of this is right. This is all horrendous and wrong. And I mean, like... Luckily, like, I think everyone figured out, like, oh, this is actually a shitty show. And I mean, that's the only benefit I can give to JonTron is he even pointed out how fucked up the show is in some regards. But the it didn't really point out the game show format. It doesn't really point out anything. It's not even a documentary series about politics or can we live with kids and adults. There's no growing up. It's not like bug juice on the Disney Channel. It just pretty much sucks. And uh, I think we're going to close this book immediately, set it on fire, and never speak of Kid Nation again, because this is the worst game show I have ever seen. Now it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game from The Price is Right. This is the pricing game spotlight. Let them roll! Premiere date, September 20th, 1999, 1181K. Finale date, Bob Barker, June 7th, 2007, 4024K. Premiere date, Drew Carey, November 28th, 2007, 4103K. Garavor, November 9th. Limroll is a dice game played for a car, but on one occasion, $100,000 or up to $7,500 in cash. It's kind of similar to Yahtzee, but it's also similar to dice game. Limbrol involves five dice. Each of these dice is marked with an image of a car on three of those six sides. So car, 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 and then three cash values, $500, $1,000, $1,500. Contestant is given one roll of the dice and can earn a couple more by using three grocery items. The price of the first item is handed to them, and then the contestant must determine rather the next uh, grocery item on that has a price that's higher or lower than the one below it. Kind of like card sharks. <laughs> of course, it's not a race. Uh, the contestant can thus win up to two additional rolls. To win the car, all the contestant has to do is roll an image of a car on all five dice. If the contestant moves behind the dice table and the five dice are placed in a container, the contestant dumps down a ramp, bop, 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 tumble, tumble, tumble. If the contestant has one additional rolls, they must make a decision. They can cash out and take the money that's presented, or they can put the dice that have money on it back into the bucket and re-roll in the hopes that those become cars because it's a 50-50 chance that it's a car space. Uh, If they haven't won a car on their final roll, they will win whatever cash is remaining on the dice. So at the very least, no matter what happens in this game, the contestant leaves with $500. The most a contestant can walk away with, if they choose, is $7,500. Contestants are not allowed to keep cash dice and re-roll cars. The theoretical probability of rolling a car on one dice is 1 in 2, 50%. Two rolls of the same die, it's 3 and 4. And three rolls, it's 7 and 8. The theoretical probability of rolling five cars on one roll of the dice is 1 in 32. On October 7th, 
The game started playing. The free roll was done before playing a grocery item. Pricing portion in the car was won the first time as well. All our playings had all rolls playing after the grocery item pricing portion. Little Roll originally had no apostrophe in its name. It was added on November 29th, 1999. On May 10, 2003, the primetime special Million Dollar Spectacular Limrolls table was replaced by a much larger one with a much longer ramp and stairs surrounded by round lights. The enlarged table was carried over the daytime show on May 30, 2003. A plexiglass barrier was added around the table on March 9, 2005 to combat a recurring problem of dice flying into the floor. The dice were originally made of styrofoam, but were not durable enough. On December 5, 2000, the dice were remade out of wood. After the show went to HD in 2008, the dice were remade again using the more plush material. It first appeared on September 29th, aired out of order December 1st. On June 14, 2004, May and Frank became the first contestant to roll a car on each die. On June 7, 2007, the contestant Katie became the second to play the grocery portion perfectly and roll a car on each die on the first roll. It was also the final playing with Bob Barker. On October 13, 2015, aired out of order, Big Bunny Week Limerol was played for hundred grand, with the other car symbols being replaced by the dollar signs. Cash values of $2,500, $5,000, and $10,000 were on three sides to win the hundred grand. The player had to roll dollar signs on all five dice. Sherry was first playing, and then Paula appeared as a contestant. The one, October 11th, 2017, part of Dream Car Week. Limbro was played for $88,365 Jaguar F Type S Coupe. And cash value is $2,500, similar to the big money. Uh, during that playing, contestant. Uh, 120 grand to have a car. Limroll has been played perfectly six times, the most recent being February 10th, 2016. November 7, 2017, um, Kevin won additional rolls and then rolled four cars and 1500 on his first roll. To Drew's shock, Kevin said he would take the 1500 bucks. This rattled Drew as he repeatedly reminded Kevin he had two rolls left, but he persisted in saying he would take the money, and Drew had to end the game. On May 23rd, 2018, uh, as part of Drew's birthday special, Lim Roll was played for a $95,155 BMW with $2,500, $5,000, During that plane, uh, contestant won $2,500. Oh, uh, on December 31st, 2019, best of 2019 special, it was played for $100,000 with the same format. Uh, and hey, uh, someone won uh, the money with three rolls. Limerol was played only once in the primetime version. The fifth edition of the Price of Right Million Dollar Spectacular. On top of that, it was one in two rolls. The most number of times played this season was 23. Game was the last pricing game to premiere in the 90s. Friends, we're at the end of the 90s. That was a long-ass decade, wasn't it? We just went through the 70s, we went through the 80s, and now we're done with the 90s. Uh, say bye-bye-bye to uh, the 90s and say uh hello hello hola to the 2000s when we return to pricing in spotlight next week um lim roll is similar concept to hole in one two in money game and dice game lim roll is one of four new pricing games blah 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 grocery person lim roll has been adapted in pasquale version with a pricing game called walk the line the contestant shown five items must make all four contestants correctly to win a prize most foreign versions of the show uh, model their let them roll props on the game's original set while well, the game is usually played for cars sometimes play for other prizes 
Also, the Portuguese version contestants earn rolls by choosing one of three prices from one prize, hitting it on the nose and second and blah, blah, blah. I like this game because it's it's a mix of two. It's a card game and a grocery game. Plus, it's a cash game. It's one of all almost all three. You get the cash game, you get a grocery game, and you get a card game all in one go. So when you see Let Them Roll be played, odds are you're not going to see any other grocery items be played that game, nor you're going to see any other cash be played that game. And so it's going to be mostly AB games. Uh, you're probably going to see more likely uh, one wrong price or danger price. Uh, or an extended card game in the second half. Uh, but I like Let Em Roll for for just the the luck factor, the stop and twist format, because this is kind of like something that if you just like got rid of the grocery items and you said, here's three pricing items, uh, you could have made this a let's make a deal game. This is the one game from the Price is Right that I would say this is a let's make a deal game, not really a Price is Right game. If they just did not put grocery items in and made it like something like uh, albums from the 80s or uh, characters from this TV show, stuff that would be usually used in, in a let's make a deal game, this could easily still be played as a let's make a deal game. Uh, but I still love it so much and I don't, it's hard to put into words. I think it's cause it's also the, the set dressing, the giant bucket, like <laughs> there's so much I enjoy about this. Um, anyway, next time, uh, on the pricing game spotlight, cause man, let's make a deal. It's one of those great pricing games. Uh, we're going to enter the two thousands. We're Y2K compliant and we're playing flip flop. The Phantom Menace is one of the best Star Wars movies out there. Darth Maul is a great villain, pod racing is cool, and Jar Jar Binks was a great character. It was a mix of comedy and action akin to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but in space. Unfortunately, people like to make four-hour dissertations as to why it's bad, and that's why I can't really say I like Star Wars anymore, because if it's not... That movie, that trilogy's bad. And let's say that, you know, for some reason, a movie director did sexual uh, assault to your childhood. Or it's the Disney version where it's, here's Ray, and then there has to be discourse because of movie directors and premises that are just existent. I mean, Disney just made a great movie for the purposes of selling merchandise. And that's how disney does things very well make a movie not that's really like decent just enough to sell toys so as a fan of the Phantom menace because jar jar Binks is one of my favorite characters the original trilogy of star wars and then very iffy on the last star wars trilogy because to me i think they should have focused a bit more on finn and poe and they kind of really should have like you know killed poe like what oscar isaac wanted and made finn a jedi and had him have a story and that's why john boyega is the best part of that trilogy but instead of that we got that but you know everyone was excited for the child the baby yoda in disney plus's the mandalorian it's okay i'm, I'm not really i i will say it like when it comes to star wars things nowadays I, I, I don't really get excited for Star Wars. I, to me, like, Galaxy's Edge opened, and I'm like, okay, neat, sure. What if in 20 years kids don't like Star Wars? 
this will be all like Back to the Future the ride. That's a gamble. And I just get like a little annoyed. And when Star Wars things happen, I I just, to me, I I get negative. Like, I get really negative when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, Aside from dancing to Jabba Flow by one Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, Jabba, doot, 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 doot. Oh, Jabba. Oh, Bato, doo-doo, moony-moony. You know that one. It's in the new trilogy. So Star Wars really just, like... I always have a love-hate relationship with Star Wars. I hate the fandom, but I think the movies are okay. It's a great movie if you want to show off your surround sound speakers. Uh, it's a great movie if you want to show 4K resolution. Any innovation in the world of movie tech, Star Wars is perfect because Industrial Light and Magic and LucasArts. So when I found out there was going to be a Star Wars game show called Jedi Temple Challenge, at first I'm like, well, that might be fun. That might be interesting. And then there was a bit of, like, you know, like that, that sudden, oh, I don't know. And then when I read the announcement, Ahmed Best was hosting. I'm like, okay, this is good. Ahmed Best is a good actor. He's a good host. Hey, but we're going to get an Android. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be, I might be bad. I saw the trailer. It looked good. But then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm overhyping this. Maybe it's not good. Maybe it's bad. And I have to say it right now. Jedi Temple Challenge is actually a great game show. Great. Not good. Great. It is a great game show. The If you want to just stop right now, it's a solid A rating. Go see it. It's free on YouTube. There's two episodes out. There's probably going to be two more tomorrow. It is a great game show. As someone who watches a whole lot of game shows, I can tell right away what game shows were influenced by the producers. And for the record, I think it's not just American producers. I think there's British producers as well. Because not only is there, like, because when you see Jedi Temple Challenge, you're thinking Legends of Hidden Temple. And I think anyone comparing this to Legends of Hidden Temple is a baby brain. Like, yeah, no shit, it's Legends of Hidden Temple. But that's like going to be in Britain going, well, this is just Jungle Run. Because it's both those shows. It's Jungle Run and Legends smushed together. It's not just those two. There's a lot of different children's game shows blended into the Star Wars universe in this. Uh, one of them is Brain Surge, or uh, which is the second round. It's just Brain Surge because of the very true statement that's really true. It's basically the second round challenge. Instead of a steps of knowledge of Olmec with a legend that happened in history, it's a character in a Star Wars fictionalized, almost like a fan fiction kind of story. And you have to answer questions about the story being told. That is round two, and it works. It absolutely works. Round three is, a, is the Temple Run from Legends. What's wrong with that? Any one of these game show fandom people going, oh, it's a ripoff, it's a knockoff, it's... Uh, I will point to this show and go, this is the best damn thing you'll get to a Legends of the Hidden Temple reboot. Shut the fuck up. Because this is really kick-ass great. This is a great kids game show. Because when I say it time and time again... The key to a great kids game show is it has to be aspirational or it has to have like a storyline so kids can understand and follow along. Legends and Temple worked because you were like creating your own universe in the story of Like who's Olmec? Why is Kirk Fogg there? What's the, that's the story you, you were telling yourself. Why are there temple guards? Are, what happens to the kids when they get eaten by the temple guards? Are they dead? No, of course not. They're like right in the stairwell at the end. 
But at the same time, like you're you're trying to create story. That's why I like the Crystal Maze. You're trying to create the story. What's the Maze Master like? What's Mumsy like? Same thing with Jungle Run. What's the jungle like? What's with the monkeys? What's this going on? And Jedi Temple Run is doing that for a today's audience in the world of Star Wars. Plain and simple. It has a bit of Raven because there's two trials and then the final completion uh, test. There is puzzles akin to the Crystal Maze. There's different uh, obstacles that kind of feel like something you would have seen on any other kid's game show. Like, one is just, like, bouncing on a trampoline to grab a ball and then reaching over a shelf to grab a piece of a sky uh, of a lightsaber. Like, these are not that, not like, uh, like, uh, it's weird to put in the word, like, like, it's, it's frantic, yet Star Wars and the direction of it feels Star Wars. Like, this feels like Star Wars game show. It it is Star Wars game show from uh, some of the because when you look at every utilization of the stage because because yeah, I have to think production wise the stage everything is in one little st- studio so like all three rounds are played in one little wall there's a dividing wall that's probably the starship that leads into the temple run which is right off the coast of the main road where there's the little forest and it's so cool like there's when I see the blast off, it reminds me of like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Like I'm looking like there's little like pieces of different game shows I see combined into this that feels more like a love letter to kids game shows than just simply put we could have done Star Wars quiz show and call it a day. No, they did not take the easy way out on this and that should be uh, that should be applauded for for cuz that could have been if you just said there's a Star Wars game show, that would be it. It would be like answer Star Wars questions, and then like here's a toy uh, lightsaber. Go go uh, beat the crap out of a pinata, and that would have been the show. No, they didn't do it. They did not take the easy way out on this. They made it so it's very smart. The first round is the um, the Jedi trials. There are three pairs of contestants, a, a purple pair, an orange pair, and a blue pair, because I think those are the three Jedi uh, color, because I think those are like the three typical colors associated with the original Star Wars trilogy, if I'm not mistaken, blue, orange, and yellow, because of New Hope, uh, Return of the Jedi, and Revenge, and uh, Attack, Attack of the, not Attack of the, what am I saying, what am I saying, what am I saying, I'm doing Star Wars trivia on a Star Wars quiz show, uh, so, they have to go through four trials and it's all two parts and they're all like different parts of the body. So one is strength, one is balance, one is focus and they're all very clever. Like one involves, um, they, they have floating balls, like floating Nerf balls, probably because of an air cannon. And all they have to do is get a, uh, get a mock lightsaber stick and knock them over. Instead of like a toy lightsaber, they just like here's the stick, kind of like what Luke Skywalker would have done in the forest with with Yoda in in the in the movies. And then there's one where it's basically jumping on trampoline, grab a fruit, grab a Star Wars piece, uh, trying to figure out the hexagon, and then you have to communicate what you need in one area to the other so you can find a connecting bridge. There's one where you're wearing weights and you have to maneuver yourself across a bridge. It's very clever physical challenges and the fact that all th- 
Because what they could have done for this, by the way, they could have just had everyone go one at a time and done the uh, and done little confessionals and interspliced it. Now they do confessionals, and that's my only negative because confessionals are an editing crutch, and it's still somewhat in this, but they use it very sparingly. That it's not so much a crutch as it is just. Let's just move on. Like, were they sad that they lost? No, they weren't. Okay, we move on. Uh, that in the first round, it's so frantic. You're seeing everyone do every action at once, and they have to grab little pieces of a lightsaber. They have to grab two. They have to make two lightsabers, one for each of the pairs, uh, which is important because that is what you need to go to the next round. And that lightsaber is kind of a keen to the Shrine of the Silver Monkey puzzle. The top middle head is now kind of like. Uh, top shaft, middle shaft, left shaft, and, and the main piece. And kids are still screwing up that. But because that's not a main part of the show, it becomes just like the photo finish puzzle akin to like a survivor stunt, which I also like because that makes it more modern. Now you're doing something more survivor style where there's still equal footing because it all comes down to solving the puzzle at the end. I like that. Ahmed Best is great as the host. Uh, he doesn't play just like Ahmed Best. He's not like wearing like a suit or some weird vest that makes him look like a Han Solo. No, he plays a new character in the world of Star Wars, a Jedi master named Kelleron Beck. So he's two characters in the Star Wars universe now. But unlike other uh, Jedi masters, I, if I remember correctly, because that's the they're all kind of like in harmony, perfect balance, straightforward. Uh, you got to think all angles and, and focus. He plays that up. He plays strength. He he talk, talks about like how everything represents some part of the force and what you need to balance. But then he is not afraid to be a little silly as well, which I think is important if you're doing a kid's game show. So in one part, because every single, like almost like the obvious thing they're going to say is use the force, use the force, use the force. Because it's a Star Wars trope. Use the force, use the force. And in one scene in the first episode, a kid was trying, was having a hard time on the balance because they have to maneuver like a bridge while wearing weights on their back and he's having a hard time like getting up so in an off-color comment Kelleron goes use the force of your core and that that made me laugh so hard because it's like oh so he's not afraid to do little snide jabs and not only that but Mary Holland uh, plays basically the sidekick, uh, 83, who looks like, a, it's, it's kind of like a version of C-3PO and R2-D2, which also works as now you're having this new Jedi Master with their own droids. We're not just going to take C-3PO, R2-D2, and, and say, we're calling it a day. No, this is building their own world of Star Wars with their own droids. And Mary, just like uh, with Ahmed as Beck, uh does some silly comedy and some snipe comedy. if anything the droid is being more smart assy than the host and it's kind of fun when you see like um at what point when they're trying to grab uh lightsabers and they're putting it on their assembly stone is what they call it because star wars uh they reach out and give high fives to ahmed best and then he he goes yes that was a great high five it was very crisp and I just crack up laughing because it's so straight. <laughs> and that's what you need in Ahmed Best hosting this. And then here's Mary in the pass away of 83 going, I didn't get a high five. I wish I had. Do I get a high five? I want a high five. It's <laughs> great. 
<laughs> I busted out laughing. Because that, to me, like, that's that should be, if you're going to do, like, a Star Wars game show for kids, it's playful and fun yet still tuned to the Star Wars brand. And as a viewer of the show, you're still watching the things go on. You're still watching communication. You're still watching people's trials and tribulations through different things because, oh, look, they're going to miss the jump. And, oh, no, they're going to fall and they have to go start all over again. Uh, whoever the first two to assemble the lightsabers go on to round two. The other one must go back to the Jedi uh, Academy and await further training, which is okay, fine. Uh, and, and, and the flavor text in this is obviously the contestants are called uh, Padawans because Star Wars because everything has to be flavor text just like in uh, Secrets from Crypt Keeper's Haunted House uh, so we go to round two and uh, in, in round two 83 they're in a spaceship they're basically in a Jedi spaceship and 83 gives a big story like did you ever hear the story of Darth Sidious the Wise well not Darth Sidious the Wise Jesus Christ no but but something like that, like it's going to be. She recalls a story of a character in, in the Star Wars universe, an alien who worked with Jedi's and was a noble hero, and they learn a good deed. And it's a very long story, about four or five minutes long. And there's little animations, little drawings. It's almost like a live action comic book in a way, when the way they frame the photos. Because then they cut back to the, the main spaceship, cut back to the droid, back to the story. Uh, then when the story ends, just like in Brain Surge, like the really cool fact true book that's really true that Jeff Suffin reads in the second last round, uh, the four contestants, the two pairs of two, have to make a decision. Who's an engineer and who's... They play between two roles. One's pilot, one is engineer. Uh, if you're in the pilot, you're in a pilot chair in the front seat of the cabin of the spaceship. If you're the engineer, you're in the main set, basically, uh, doing one of three ma major things. The key of the cap of the pilot and the and the engineer is they both have a headset and they can talk to each other. So if one doesn't know the answer, they can get relay the answer to their by their friend. Uh, if you're the engineer, your choices of answers are either are both on the podium. So either, there's either one where you just buzz in and just say the answer. There's a scavenge where there's a big box of stuff and you have to dig in the box for the solution to the puzzle, like a hat, a sock, uh, a, a toy lightsaber, something. And then there's my favorite answer, which is an icon wall, where there's like 20 different squares featuring different symbols that represent different things in the story. And they have to pull one down and then just, and show it to to Beck for the points. And then Ahmed Best will go, that's right. If you're in the pilot position, it's basically like a fastest finger. So you're going to see a monitor and then four possible answers. And it's also a bit kind of like idiot test because some of the display buttons are every color. So red, orange, yellow, blue, green, purple, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So you're going to get questions like, what color was the hat? Uh, how long did it take in years for the so-and-so to go through? And they have to push the button and then buzz in to display their answer. And if they're right, they get a point. If they're wrong, their opponent gets a chance to answer. Whoever is the first team to get five right powers up their cube thing. I forgot the name. Sorry, I don't care that much about the universe. Lord, <laughs> I care about what the little cube thing is. The MacGuffin. Uh, and they get to go to the Jedi Temple Challenge. 
armed with their uh, lightsabers and their little cubes, the winning team goes to the temple run. Much like Legends of the Hin Temple, they have, I think, three minutes to go through the temple and go through every challenge. If they complete the challenge, they advance to the next room. If they can complete all the challenges and make it back in the temple, they win. The key is to get the little crystal at the end. If they get the crystal at the end within the two minutes or three minutes, they didn't really specify what time. I'm going to say three minutes. Uh, They win the show. If they fail to get the crystal in time, the game ends. And uh, so far, I think the challenges don't change. So they get the little... uh, cube and the cube is the key to get the crystal get the crystal to light up the lightsaber so the first challenge is they have to go up a little wall a little scaling wall then there's like a memory put the pieces together like red to red orange orange because it's a light pattern uh like simon then they have to enter a the garbage disposal kind of like in star wars and they're split up there's a dividing wall and they have to relay kind of like a keep calm and nobody explodes how to solve a puzzle like do you see a square with an x or do you see this with that and they have to put the pieces together because only one works however there's a catch in this room the dark side is with them oh yes you didn't think there was going to be just jedis in this no the sith are lurking and they're looking to help them out but it comes at a price if they think the challenge is getting too tough or they think they just can't solve the puzzle in time They could join the dark side. By joining the dark side, they immediately advance to the next round. But be careful. The next task might be a bit more challenging. While this is going on, a guy who kind of sounds like Darth Sidious or maybe even like like another Sith Lord is just egging on the team like, You're not going to make it. Why are you even wasting your time? You're just not going to be a Jedi. What are you doing? Like, just hit the button. It'll be easy. You don't have to. That's not how you do it. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, that is how you do it. No! <laughs> it's all fun games. Um, Then they go into the next round. Uh, where it's basically they use their force to touch the walls, and there's only one correct pattern, uh, which leads them to the next door, which is an ice slide, kind of like in Holy Moly, but Holy Moly, uh, which leads them to uh, my favorite thing, which is this light-up bridge, where they have to use one of those quarter uh, balls and not touch the floor, and if they stay put, it lights up very slowly. Like almost like one second lights up one brick after five bricks, you can advance forward, and then your partner has to do the same for you. Uh, and then it leads to the final challenge where you have to go down a slide, put the bricks in, and grab the crystal. If you do, you get lightsabers, you get a cloak, and you get the title of Jedi Knight. So much like the aggro crag in in guts, you're not going to space camp. You're not getting like moon shoes. The prize is a costume and a lightsaber and the term jedi knight that's it that's the price package roughly about three hundred dollars i would say if i had to put a price it's kind of a it's kind of the same i think as the uh the galaxy's edge lightsaber which is pretty pricey but for a kid's game show like that's it that's all you need to have as a good game because you have the aspiration. What if you're growing up watching Star Wars as a kid and you want to be in the Star Wars universe and do all these things? This can give it to you. This gives you that chance. You're in the spaceship. You are a, basically a character. You're playing yourself. Go through the Star Wars zones. There's Yoda talking to you. <laughs> it's great. It's a like 
one of the one of the better kids game shows in quite a while because well you can easily just dismiss this as ripoffs i see it as they took what was from the past that kids love they took what we as in kids growing up in the 90s 2000s 80s what we liked about these shows and they took what made those work those little key points and they made something based around star wars that worked at no point did I watch either of these shows and think, man, this is like an infomercial for Star Wars. Man, I should really go buy Star Wars toys. I should really go see Star Wars on Disney+. Plus Because it didn't feel like an infomercial. This felt like a straight-up game show where even if you've never seen a movie of Star Wars in your life, you can follow along and kind of pay attention to the game because all you're going to think is space game show. Game show set in space. Oh, that's nice. Because it works. It absolutely 100% works as a format. Uh, I, I give it a solid A because this could be one of the better game, like kids game shows currently. I think Craftopia is still a little better, but don't tell anyone that. Because uh, I'm at best, great host. The only thing that's kind of annoying and why it's not the solid A+, obsessive use of Use the Force, and they still use Confessional. But at least when they do confessional, it's not like, oh, they're just backstage in a sound. No, they make it look like Star Wars. Like they're in the transmission with the little uh, TV static effect. Kind of like Princess Leia saying, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. So it's Star Wars themed children's game show where there's aspiration. That's what should work in a game show. When I keep saying the key to a great game show is aspiration. If you have people who want to be on that game show, you have a hit. There are kids who definitely be watching that going, I want to be on that show. There are going to be grown adults watching this going, I want to be on that show. I want to have my best friend on and I want to be a Jedi. You can't though. <laughs> Only kids allowed. Um, but that's the appeal of this. This is a perfect family show, which is what they're aiming for. Kids will watch it and aspire to be like it. The grown-ups watching this will obviously go, well, this is just Legend of the Temple or Jampalon or blah, 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 blah. But they were not going to hate it to the point of, like, they're going to switch it off if they love Star Wars because it pays homage to Star Wars. And there's still a bit of humor where even if you don't know anything about Star Wars, it still plays with it. This is a solid format. This is a solid game. This is something that I think... A lot of, like, this is an empty void in the world of game shows. It's children's game shows. They're like Legends of Hidden Temple. There is no Ono Snakes and Spiders. There's n- no, nothing that would be like anything else I've seen. This is strictly put, this is strictly put a kid's game show that, w- that kids sh- would enjoy watching and probably want to be a contestant on if they made a season two. And is made with a love of not just game shows, but the Star Wars brand uh, that... It works on multitude of levels that this could be one of those great game shows that if it fades to an end sometime in the next few years, people will still get nostalgic about it 10, 12 years later. There will be kids who are like 8, 9, 10 years old now who will be watching Jedi Temple Challenge and they'll be my age or in their 20s and do some nostalgia blog and go like, remember Jedi Temple Challenge? That was a cool show. Because this is indeed a cool show. I give it a solid A and I do recommend you check it out. It is free on YouTube. 
Jedi Temple Challenge. From the twisted mind of Ryan Reynolds. From the twisted mind of Ryan Reynolds. From the twisted minds of Ryan Reynolds. From twisted Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds' twisted minds comes Don't. Uh, so I saw Don't as well. Don't is a family game show where one family of four has a chance to win up to $100,000. All they have to do is play by the rules and not do what is expected of them. If they can, they can win $100,000. But it's not hosted by Ryan Reynolds. It's instead hosted by Adam Scott. And Ryan Reynolds, however, plays a role in the show. But So, um... I'm going to straight up, before we get to the, the full nitty-gritty fun stuff, I like Don't. Don't is a polarizing game show, though. Don't is a polarizing game show because it's so snarky. It might be the snarkiest game show I've ever seen. This is the Mystery Science Theater 3000 of game shows. Not faux pas like Mystery Science Theater 3000. This is Wipeout, but cubed when it comes to how much can we get away with making fun of the contestants, the host, and the premise. This is going to be the least favorite game show for any of the snarky snark snark game show fandom the, if the if the game show fandom is snarky snark snark like their whole jo- thing is joking about game shows or being one of those silly self-deprecating people that wants to tell jokes and boop 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 game shows they're probably not gonna like don't because no matter what they're gonna try and do as a joke about the game show don't already knows and they already said it so it suffocates the air out of them to the point of i can't make the joke they made the joke for me fuck because that's what i like the most in this uh to me this is a, such a self-aware game show that it could definitely annoy the angry internet reviewer because it shuts them the fuck up this will shut the fuck up the game show fandom that just loves to make fun of the fandom to the point of like making exclusionary co- comments. So to me, when I see people go like, I didn't like don't, it's like, of course you wouldn't like it, you idiot. You're a dumb idiot. You won't get the fucking show because this is not supposed to be a game show for the game show fandom. This is a show making fun of game shows. This is a comedy game show mocking game shows. They don't give a fuck if you like it or not. What they care who likes it or not fucking america the fucking families watching the show together that's who they give a shit about because that's the mainline audience don't doesn't give a shit if i like it or not which by the way i do like it a lot good job ryan fun show it cares if you like to laugh and you are well aware a lot of these game shows are getting a little out of hand or a little too weird that they're going to point out how weird it is or if they make a mistake or something goes wrong because game shows are known to make mistakes. Don't is no exception. The problem with this game show versus other game shows, Don't wants you to be aware of this. Other game shows will try and bury it or over edit or edit away from it. Don't, if something is is a mistyped, if Adam Scott misspeaks, They're keeping it in. They're going to pause it and go, look at Adam Scott feeling like shit. Because that's what don't is. Don't is basically, if you're saying things like, Adam Scott's a terrible host, yes. Yes, he is. Adam Scott is a bad game show host. No, he really is a bad game show host. You know why? Because he is not really well versed in being a game show host. 
He basic. If I had to take a stab in the dark on the production aspect of this, Adam Scott agreed to the show because he knows he can't host, but he knows he can act. So a lot of the, what goes on behind the scenes on Don't, which is scripted, plays kind of like Gary Shandling's show, where he's talking to people backstage and trying to come up with sound effects and making up the games, kind of like You Don't Know Jack back in 2000s, that Troy Stevens, Paul Rubens version. This is what Don't reminds me of. It's Paul Rubens, You Don't Know Jack, mixed with My Dad is Better Than Your Dad, a little bit of Ellen's Game of Games, a little bit of Wipeout, because it's, it's just little game show like jokes that play into it. And if you are smart and know game shows, these are very funny, clever jokes. If you don't know that much about game shows or you just see it the same way others do, which is like, it's the format and the host. And if it's in the UK, it's great. And if you don't like it, fuck you. You're going to fucking hate the show. <laughs> this is a show that's self-aware in the point of like, they even made a Wheel of Fortune soundbite because they know people watched Wheel of Fortune, but this isn't Wheel of Fortune. If I'm going to compare don't, compare it to remote control. Don't compare it to, like, I don't know, like, like what, the chase? Because it's not cerebral to be the chase. It's not summer fun and games enough to be a summer fun and games match game. This is something that's like a fish-out-of-water mess because it's Ryan Reynolds. This is perfect. If you were saying, what's a Ryan Reynolds game show? This sounds like it. Uh, so, uh, Ryan Reynolds basically plays the announcer... And kind of like a smart-ass voiceover guy. So instead of like he give it up for Adam Scott kind of game show announcer, it's Ryan Reynolds. But Ryan Reynolds isn't playing the narrator. Like, like He's playing like a narrator. Like, this is Kimberly. This is Sabrina. This is Jack. This is Ian. And they're just going to and, and just snarkily make fun of the contestants. Adam Scott was a little annoyed because we were late for lunch for two hours this episode. And it's like, you're seeing him being cranky a bit. It's like, Adam Scott, uh, this was the first episode of the day. Adam Scott woke up at 4 a.m. to be here, but the la- but he went to bed at midnight. So he's obviously a little cranky. Uh, and he plays up the game, and it's fun. To me, that's what makes the show fun. It It's giving you like little silly bits. Some aren't true, some are true. And they play that into it. Now... The format, it's group versus house, basically. Every game played on Don't is not against a family. It's played against the house. We have different games, and I and every game could be up to $20,000. I think that's what they're going for. I'm not sure. Because uh, some are very sketchy or not near 20000 Oh, well. Uh, if they complete a challenge, a Don't challenge... And they play it perfectly, $20,000. However, these games are very challenging <laughs> um, because the idea is that these are basically, you have to not do the thing that's most obvious. So, for, for instance, there is don't blink. You don't blink, you you get your 20000 But if you blink, you lose $500. If The more you blink, the more you lose. And this is your group family of four and 60 seconds. Anything left over is yours to keep. That was one from the first episode. Uh, others are very silly, like don't get tired. Here's a trivia question. You get it right, you get $5,000, you get it wrong. The tire hits you. Just a trivia question show. There's a lot of those in, in Don't. Uh, there's a, a trivia game called Don't Get Clocked. 
where you are sitting in a little cuckoo clock. You have to grab a number from a clock. If you can, before getting punched in the face and fall into the flowers, uh, you win $1,500 for every correct answer. Uh, and I think it's like four minutes or five minutes. Uh, there's a game called Don't Use Foul Language where you're shown a celebrity touch the egg if their name sounds like a bird, like Robin Thicke, Jay Leno. Uh, if they don't, don't touch the egg. But you still have to say what the name of the celebrity is. Um, now, the one that challenge I didn't like uh, was this was the one that they decided to use first episode. They, it was called Don't Drink. Basically, the gimmick is they eat spicy peppers. So eat the jalapeno, eat the hobbit, eat the chill, the tight chili peppers, eat wasabi, and eat the ghost pepper. If you don't drink the glass, uh, this glass of water, this glass of milk, this glass of lemonade, you get money. To me, that it's like you're watching torture. Why are we? It's not like solitary where that's part of the game. You're supposed to like be like, oh, this is horrible, but I want to keep watching. This is one of those, this is horrible, I want to switch off. This ruins the aspirational aspect of the family game show to the point of this was one of those, this is going to get the traction, people are going to talk about it, but at the same time, I think this was the, uh, this is one that's kind of like, I don't really want to see that as a challenge anymore. Because if I do, I'm just going to switch off because that doesn't seem fun or funny or any of that. In addition, there is two separate little challenges in the side. One is the don't push button. If you pit don't push, one of your $20,000 games is worth $40,000, double or half. If you fail the challenge and can't get it perfectly, whatever you won will be halved. So if you fail and made only $16,000, you only actually get $8,000 from the risk. Uh, in addition to that, there is the don't you dare you where it's uh, a mini challenge in addition to the don't challenge where if you if the family completes a little stunt it's five thousand dollars this is like opportunity knocks in a way where it's just not that fun to look at and i kind of when i saw it it was like oh so the family all ate some a spicy thing and that was it <sighs> yeah it's not good Ch that challenge was not good and I think because there's some clever challenges and then that showed up kind of made me go, oh, because that all that can springs to mind is that means coming up the snake, the snakes and spiders challenge or the uh, let's get taser challenge or something that's like like unholy moly. And it's just that does never that never seems fun to me in, in terms of watching it and in terms of as a challenge, because you're not really feeling any of that you're not feeling that pain you're just watching a guy feel pain and screaming and you're supposed to be like laughing i, I don't know what the reaction is to that it's not hot ones where you are laughing but we're laughing with because there's another thing at hand it's just painful when it's painful for the contestant it's painful for the audience and it's not like painful loss this is just painful like bad bad equals bad um at the same time, though, Ryan Reynolds makes fun of all of it uh, to the point of he made a joke about COVID-19, including how many times will you hear the line in this troubling times? And I love that. Uh, I'm not I, when I originally saw Don't, it was not with the Ryan Reynolds commentary. It was just like the straight up games. And that's what was kind of funny. It's like, wait, Ryan Reynolds is actually voicing this. This is actually pretty funny. 
Um, so the challenges are very clever. I think as we go along with the don't, they're going to be more silly. Uh, they're going to be more clever. I, I, I think it'll be more clever games than what we saw in the first episode. I think the the purpose. I, I think if this was if this was to actually return, they should put this on the Sunday night block right after America's Funniest Home Videos because Family Game Show with slapstick, Family Game Show with slapstick, and then maybe Holy Moly or or something that's like a slapsticky game show. Like you need to have that be the slapstick block. Uh, Ryan Reynolds playing over the voice is one of the funniest parts of the show and my favorite thing about the show that makes it stand out because no other game show has a narrator no other game show will tell you the host sucks no other game show gives away a hundred thousand dollars from answering relatively easy questions by following simple rules uh this also feels like a british game show that could have been made and then uh didn't get picked up because this reminds me because when i saw don't it reminds me a lot of celeb ability and this reminds me a lot of small fortune so to me, it's like Dermot O'Leary or Ian Stelling would host this if this was a UK game show. Um, but instead, it's an American format, and it's fine. It's just a little inconsistent with the challenges. Some are gross out. Some are trivia. Some are silly slapstick. But some are like you get 20000 but you lose money. Others are you get a set amount of money for every correct answer you get. But at no point does it say like up to $20,000 that it's i was trying to play like the mole where it's like are they really going to get up to a hundred thousand dollars or is there a chance to get over a hundred thousand because i was doing my math on the first episode if they played the perfect game they would have had a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars and i think if i'm wrong it's one twenty six fifty five hundred because fifteen hundred dollars on one of the questions um so to me don't is not that bad of a show it's a solid b format I think it all depends on the challenges in the comedy, which is true to Mystery Science Year 3000. So for me, when it comes to reviewing this show, you got to look at it in, yes, the challenges are cl- are silly. The families are always, the families are good. The, whatever they cast is very funny people, but it all comes down to, are you laughing with Ryan Reynolds? And are you laughing at Adam Scott? Because Adam Scott is not blissfully aware. He's trying his best to host, and I think he sucks. He's some people just did not like his hosting. I think that's the point. He says dollars more times than he says don't. And the way he says dollars isn't just dollars or dollars. It's like dollars or dollars, dollar, dollar. It's it's like not even Canadian. It's like dollar. And I just was like sh- like confused. Maybe that's why Don't is kind of like weird. It's a it's a polarizing game show. Don't um you like it or you hate it. This felt more like akin to a Fox than ABC, but I enjoyed it, and I think families might enjoy this. I think they might need to change uh some of the challenges, unless the whole point is one of the challenges is don't try this at home. Get it? Don't try this at home. Don't try this. <sighs> yeah, so it, it, it needs work. But I'm not going to complain about the show that much because I enjoyed what I saw. It's fine. It's okay. It, it It's a work in progress, I feel. Um, but for what I get, Ryan Reynolds snarking over a bad game show. Good. Go see it, maybe. It's from the twist in my Ryan Reynolds. It's called Don't. B.
maybe B minus. That's how means we are out of time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to know more about game shows, I suppose, go to jordanhaas.com slash podcast. I am on Twitter at jordha, and there's a Facebook uh, team at facebook.com slash game shows podcast. If you want to, you can listen to this on almost every podcasting known to man, like Apple Podcasts and Google Play. In fact, leave a review and leave a comment. Let me know what game shows you want me to talk about. And next week, we'll be talking about another game show, I suppose. And until then, big smooch. Mwah!